Praxis Behind the Obscure podcast. Yes, this is a simulcast, which is cool because that means one of us yeah. doesn't have to sit here like a mannequin asking questions while the other talks the whole time. We can actually have a conversation like regular people. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like you, that. Who would believe that, right? <laughs> right, on a podcast yeah. without, and nobody can complain because we told them up front, you know, like. Uh, so, so it's not really an interview. I guess it's more of a conversation. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm, oh, I'm curious. Sure. I, I intentionally didn't ask you any questions because I wanted to ask them here. How long have you been in Korea? Oh, it's been a long, it's several years. You know, I came here for a study program uh, for like a year and then I went back to the States and then mm -hmm. I came back and it's been like several years already. And you've been, you've been in India, what? Yeah, like, probably. How I long first, have you been in India? I first entered into India in uh, April of uh, 2018. And then I had to leave. Yeah. I went back to California for, I think, two months, two and a half months to take care of some stuff to facilitate huh. moving here permanently. Uh, oh, and, wow. And so, okay, okay. so I came here permanently at the end of November uh, mm -hmm. of 2018. So then, yeah, I okay. mean, well in time for... You know, then when COVID came around, everybody was surprised. And, uh, you know, right, they, right. India was real quick to shut down any, uh, even Indians mm -hmm. who have the OIC, who re mm -hmm. reside somewhere U.S. or Canada, aren't allowed to come back mm -hmm. into India. So, wow, it's a good thing I was here, you know, and I wasn't like right. uh, there or anything else, you know, but. Right, right, right. And now so, I heard that they're, uh, they're going to reopen or something. That was the plan. Like they said, they're going to start yeah. allowing international you know tourists for the first time in like over like a year and a half or a year or something like here that. or there i mean in india i saw some oh, article about that oh like my maybe gosh. the end of this month or something oh. like that they're, they're oh. planning to reopen we got spoiled we live in goa which is like such a huge tourist place but we moved here mm -hmm. with zero tourism the only tourists are indian tourists uh mm -hmm. completely shut down so we we've been living here we like have a, a place here now and everything so we've never experienced goa in its natural state of being filled with wow. tourists which will probably be doubled right with what it normally is on a on a busy day so, yeah what i heard is goa is like the that's like the um that's where pretty much like all the whites go right the white people go to goa yeah. what, well, what's the, what's that's the, the way it, of goa? What, well, how did it become this like big uh, originally draw? it was it was the portuguese uh built a fort here there was a city called ella and it was a muslim uh stronghold and then the portuguese took it and then uh so so i mean i've i've been slowly learning more and more and it's fascinating uh the this was mm -hmm. the heart of the inquisition in the world uh in in spain they, they killed you know a couple thousand people here it was 15 uh thousand and uh and they would they would ship people here from other colonies to be tried and executed un under suspicion of being jewish so it has like a really bizarre history but that history evolved slowly into a very interesting culture which exists today where mm -hmm. uh like uh there's there's catholic neighborhoods and there's hindu neighborhoods uh there's mm -hmm. uh everybody's pretty much a quarter portuguese you know and uh mm -hmm. and the local language is a combination of the local language from 700 years ago and portuguese mm -hmm. i mean the portuguese were here consistently from the 1400s until like the 1960s so it's like different mm -hmm. from brazil different for like california had that has that old spanish side of town kind of like the, sure. the, the original buildings but but uh the 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 portuguese flavor here is very you know strong but everybody's right. Indian, but a little bit Portuguese. And uh, 
and, and everybody's like, uh, you know, their mom is Catholic and not everybody, but like, there's a lot of people where their mom is Catholic and their dad is Hindu. And then further, it was the first place that the, that the hippies flooded into, uh, I right, think even, even right, before right. Rishikesh. So there, so then that has evolved into like, I was explaining it to Pew and then she went, Oh, okay. That's how it happened because it's a tropical, it's, you know, there's mm -hmm. old, old, old churches, the very old churches, mm -hmm. like, like, you know, rivaling those in Europe and, uh, and uh, tropical, beautiful rivers and lakes and ocean. And then, mm -hmm. and then there's all these clubs where people go and listen to this and take like <laughs> 17 different drugs. And so I was right. explaining right. that, that the hippies came and they've smoked weed and maybe took a little acid and played the guitar. And that, that happened, that seed was planted, what, at this point, 60 years ago, uh, almost 60 years ago. And so, so that evolved into like the Goa party rave scene, I think. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's, sort of like if you if you don't go to those clubs then you don't really see it um you hear it uh you know uh like from where we are we're in Anjuna which <laughs> there was one I sorry I'm now I'm talking like I'm the guest I'm gonna make you talk later <laughs> no I mean when, I'm very when, interested in this yeah, anyway, so. <laughs> when, when we originally decided to move to Goa and I, I was looking at Anjuna because of the prices you know and there was an Israeli couple at the same yoga uh training that Pew and I were doing and uh, and they said, oh, Anjuna is pretty rough, you know, like a uh, lot of mm -hmm. lot of music, a lot of you know Russians, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Russians. It's mostly mostly Russians in Goa, actually. Mm. Um, so I mean, the old definition of white was non-Irish, non-Catholic wasp, you mm -hmm. know. So, but I think mm -hmm. now people just go by by skin tone. So I think that, that you know, mm. people, I mean, it's easy to do. You see a Russian, you go, oh, look, it's a white guy. But, you know, what does that even mean anymore? It just means you're right. not, it's, it's melanin at this point. It's not, which it, it, I don't know. Right. I, eh, that's a whole other subject. But, uh, but yeah, they, right. there's a lot of interracial couples here. The foreigners that, mm -hmm. that are here today, pretty much, mm -hmm. uh, I would say half of them are married to someone who's Indian. Um, and right. then the, the right. other half are, uh, people who were here when COVID hit and they either mm -hmm. chose not to go back or they, you know, couldn't go back for, for whatever reason. Um, so there's people that are like, mm -hmm. that are poor, like people from Russia that have no money that are, that are being You're stranded, basically taken care yeah. of by the kindness of you know, of people here. Yeah. Like they, right. they were staying at a hostel or an inn and then they ran out of money and then they just said, well, mm -hmm. you can stay here. I'm not going to kick you out, you know? And, mm -hmm. uh, and so India was very nice about that, about letting, letting the foreigners stay here who wanted to. And uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I've traveled a lot too. I've never been I've always wanted to go to India of course but um mm -hmm. I've traveled a lot extensively and just from like talking to a lot of other friends who travel a lot India is one of those countries that's very polarizing and the fact that like I don't know let me like an example would be uh like Thailand everyone's like oh it's pretty cool you know food's good there's things to do like most people enjoy it there's other yeah. countries people don't enjoy as much but India is like either people really like it or they hate it like I haven't yeah. Yeah. I've never really heard anybody say like, oh, it was, it was just okay. It was decent. You know, they, they either say like, yeah. fuck that. Like, Over I, time, friends, like, I think, yeah, I like, think fuck I, that place. I'm never going yeah. back. You know? I, I wrote a, I wrote a poem. I, I wrote a, well, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I wrote this thing about a 22 year old from the perspective of a 22 year old vegan 
yogi who comes to India and becomes completely disillusioned and realizes that the India in their head was was not was a fantasy and that the real India is crap. And and I posted it just that with no context. And then and I thought it was funny, but people were like posting sad face. I'm so sorry, brother. I'm like, it's a parody of Heather. You know, I wish it were pleather. You know, she goes to a leather, uh, a leather okay. shop. What what do you and they're like, no, it's not cow, it's buffalo. So it's okay. It's like, I wish it were pleather, you know. And uh, right, so, right, so right. now I want to get back. I want to get fit again and start playing the guitar and practice and practice so I can record it. Because uh, it's right. It's uh, that's that's idea. pretty funny. Though. It's like this uh, <laughs> this sort of yuppie fantasy of this yeah. Uh, yeah. fantasy land or something like that. And that's what's funny yeah. when I go and visit because I've lived abroad for a very long time mm. as well. So what's funny is I'll go back to visit America and like all the the people that are like claiming to protect culture and the yuppies like they've actually never even really been anywhere like yeah they don't know how like you know they have an image oh. of their head how these countries are and, and then things seeing like that. seeing it from my yeah. wife's point of view when when yeah. uh, when people you know she came to yoga training with me and she was wearing clothes you know like yeah. you do and so the 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 uh israeli slash californian uh you know, yoga teacher that was already a yoga teacher that was getting more credentials kind of thing, uh, was like, what are you dressed as? You look like a hipster from New York. As in, oh, you mean like oh, a funny. person? You like a, like, cause she's not wearing a sari? Like it was weird. And then right. people posting on the, the Rishikesh group saying, you know, it was so disheartening to go to Rishikesh and see Indian women wearing shorts. It's like, do you, like in the name of liberal, like like uh, per, some kind of supposed progressive idea of preservation of <laughs> your idea of cultures, you want India to look like the illustrations in the Bhagavad Gita and <laughs> you're condemning Indians for like, yeah. what? You know, like getting a job in tech and, you know, shifting mm -hmm. to Delhi or I'm so confused, you know, it's, it's, yeah. So, so it, it's like that point where the, where the right and the left sort of meet in this shit place, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> right. No, for sure. For <laughs> they sure. find, they find an agreement in their smug, uh, you know, thinking they're the center of the earth and that they have to either, you know, uh, be, either they're still on the white man's burden trip or they're right. so far on an upside down version of that, that they think that they mm -hmm. have to go out of their way to like remove the Western influence from everyone else or something. Mm, yeah, and it's like you right. can't, you're not going to be able to do that. Nobody wants you to help doing that. I mean, I don't know. Right. And uh, right. You know, it's a lot of projection of what they think Imagine. rather than what the reality is right? yeah like, and honestly speaking frankly i think that people feel so much guilt because of the institution of slavery and and the and the genocide of the native americans that that sure. everything becomes this polarization of the powerful evil white cartoon character versus the uh the 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 brown victim cartoon character and anything that looks like that they they only see the melanin you know shades mm -hmm. and then will frame whatever is going on whether it be a marriage or a conversation or an argument about whatever in in terms of uh in terms of like the evil of colonialism and, and right and it's right. like really annoying and it's really nice to get away from it i think you've probably mm -hmm. i assume have had a similar experience of getting away from it it depends what state are you from yeah i'm from california so oh, here's yeah, the thing like thing. I, the only exposure i have to like everything we're talking about nowadays is really just through the internet just exactly like Facebook, right? but it used to be a I'm, I'm living in like a you yeah. know like i'm isolated from 
all these cultural wars oh, and this weird oh, stuff that's going on. It's so good to yeah, have some I, It's distance. like watching it from the outside, basically, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not even a part of it, but yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah it's a lot more comfortable, I would say, being on the outside. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you go to a party and people are getting high and playing drums, but then you find yourself immersed in a, in a, in a I don't know what to call it, like a super ego, you know, projection thing where the, a group identity thing where like if if you're not completely nodding in agreement with whatever everybody's mm. talking about and you're kind of like hmm people are like oh you, i saw you did a hmm there you disagree mm. with you know our hard left stance on everything you're right. like, well right. some right. things little you know i think maybe communism has had its uh, turn at the wheel and failed maybe mm. we should maybe develop something new you know like uh not go backwards a lot of tribalism tribalism, try things that have already failed like again why you know right right yeah but uh you you, uh i've checked out uh we have a mutual friend that introduced us you know um, yeah exactly exactly i checked out your um youtube channel too and you know as i mentioned i love travel i live in asia i love travel and they're like i've been to quite a few countries but some of the countries i really want to go to that and haven't been are the ones that you have been to and that are on your YouTube channels. I was like really excited about oh, that. Good. Right? Like, oh, good. Oh, good. So for example, how many, um, man, I know so many travelers. I don't know anyone other than you. Maybe maybe one other person who's been to Bhutan. That's mm. really fascinating to me because mm. you need, number one, like you need like a special tourism visa to get there, I think. And you need a, just you need to pay money. like this picture fee it's, or something. It's basically all just money, right? It's, yeah? it's money, but the thing is, they uh since they cover you stay in all the best hotels there was one uh-huh. point where the only they were like we're really sorry we can't give you the the hotel room that we normally give people so we have to give you like the prime minister's room and i was like <laughs> oh well that's fine you know and they yeah. had like there was the tv in the bathroom a tv you know i mean mm-hmm. it was it was nuts uh and uh yeah. and then I mean, ridiculous things. Like I was by myself, completely 100% by myself. So imagine, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little, a little weird. I'll just tell you like one little snapshot of the experience where my guide was a guy I met on Instagram who talked me into coming to Bhutan mm-hmm. in the first place because oh, he wow. saw my, I had a podcast called What Would Yeshi Do? And he liked, uh, liked yeah, that. Right. And he asked right. me, he was a white guy talking about Yeshi Tsokyo, what's going on? You know, so we became mm-hmm. friends. And uh, so he was my guide. And then there was a driver. So we would go mm-hmm. to these restaurants. There was one in re- one restaurant in particular with a beautiful view. And then, but they weren't allowed to sit with me. They had to go eat in a separate mm-hmm. room, you know, because they okay. would like yeah, have the cheaper food apparently. And then, so okay. I sat down, you know, by myself with this big, beautiful table and they come and bring out these like elaborate metal, like gold and silver, like, like think platters of, pork yeah. and beef and chicken and fish yeah. and this and that and this bread and that bread and I'm like I am not 20 carnivores like what right. and I was I was feeling really bad and, and then someone came up and said they feed it to the dogs whatever people don't eat and I said oh okay oh wow and uh so that's what it's like that's also what you're paying for so uh so it's a very luxurious like they it's cover a very luxurious thing and you don't even spend a dime you don't even spend anything. yeah you and, show up that you have all the accommodation the yeah. food the uh they drive stuff. you where you're going they explain everything to you 
I mean, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, for them, I think when North Korea does it, it's because they're hiding something. But I, I, I like to right. give Bhutan the benefit of the doubt. And they, they just kind of want to keep the tour. They saw what tourism did to Nepal and India, and they kind of want to stay Bhutan, you know, so they, mm, okay. they have a very tight. Bali is talking about doing that now. Or they, they don't, they, they only want people who are staying in fancy hotels. They don't want the backpackers, you know, the, the kids so uh, so it'll be that might increase the amount of tourism coming here to goa but uh <laughs> i don't know yeah, no, very, yeah I, I can see uh i mean it's considered what like the happiest country on earth they have like this happiness yeah, index and yeah. it's super pristine apparently and stuff i mean i can see if they, you look at like yeah. thailand or other parts the, of the world where yeah the king was it's just overrun by some yeah their gdp was very poor it would put them in the same category mm -hmm. as like uh you know, a, a lot of the, the poorest countries. And so uh, when the king came to, I forget, like a UN something rather in the 1970s, the father of the current king, and he, he had this brilliant idea, the gross national happiness index. And he, he had this great speech talking about, you know, we're carbon negative, like, like they, they, uh, the, the, they produce more, or they they use up carbon. They don't produce carbon. I don't know how that can be, but there's there's little loopholes. Like for example, they don't kill at all at any time. I mean, plants are okay, and probably insects, but like uh, mammals and you know, there's no killing, so no fishing, no no. Uh, yeah, and so where does all this meat come from? You know, of course. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. yeah, from India. They have trucks, truckloads of meat come in across the border every morning to fill up all wow. the restaurants in Bhutan. And uh, and the other thing, there's no smoking. So smoking, and but everybody still smokes. There's like a night, there's a night, you know, uh, crowd. And I because, I mean, because they knew me, I mean, I because sharing knew me, he, I think that that wouldn't have no, normally been part of the tour. But like we went out at night okay. and he showed me like what the seedy parts, you know, uh, uh, Interesting. The, They're the like little bar, right? yeah, bars, small with, bars like, like with that. with people like women dancing, but they're fully clothed all the way down to their ankles, like like full full dress. But you can pay to dance with them on stage. That's like really bizarre. Yeah, and uh, but they but they had they were named Yeshi and stuff like that. So it's like something <laughs> you're look, looking at a modern. You're looking into Vajrayana, but in modern, it, it's right. so Vajrayana there, hundred percent. But it's. I think it's, I think uh, the state religion. It's the only country that has the state yeah. religion being Vajrayana Tantric Buddhism. Yeah, they're and there's that, uh, Yeah, there's that Padmasambhava temple. What is it like? The lion, that one on the hill. I think you had went there. Oh in yeah. Wayne. Oh, that, that was so beautiful. Like, uh, Mm. Yeah, they that have. I'm trying to remember the name of the drug. Oh shoot, there the the state uh, religion is uh, um, a form of sakya, I believe. But they have okay. like a Nyingma a presence, mm -hmm. strong Nyingma presence. So those are basically the two main forms there. But it's I I mm -hmm. always describe it as if like if as if uh, Hayao mm -hmm. Miyazaki imagined Tibet. <laughs> in uh you know like in his mind like it would look like bhutan you know it's, right wasn't it so it was part of the kingdom of tibet originally so i think it was called like uh, like eastern tibet it oh. was actually part of the original as far as i know there's a story was, there was a guy the the great unifier so in a in a bhutan temple you have the uh padmasambhava you have the the second dharma king you know they honor the same the same characters 
as in a regular Tibetan temple, but then they have this guy with a gray beard, an older guy, and he's the great unifier. Okay. And I forget his name, but his story was that he was one of two people considered to be the current incarnation of Avalokiteshvara in Tibet at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think sometimes that's okay, but not in this case. And so he got kind of <laughs> run out of town and his dad was well known in Bhutan or his grandfather. So they knew his mm -hmm. name. And so they really liked him. And then, but then Tibet, was going to invade they were sending armies i mean th back then it was probably different kingdoms there was like probably more sure. than just tibet and bhutan but like this king and that king yeah. and the regions and stuff but uh right. but he so so he taught everybody what he knew uh from tibet and he organized everybody into like the brown robes and the orange robes and the yellow robes mm -hmm. and uh and and put together their whole system so they called him the great unifier and then he helped them to fight fight off the tibetans so that they could say wow. this far and no further this is bhutan you know wow so, that's a trip wow. yeah and it was only like 400 years ago i think it was pretty recent well i mean wow. in the grand scheme of things it's pretty recent but. yeah that's fascinating i mean that's uh it's definitely on the top like three or four places i want to visit yeah, and you, you also went to nepal too I mean, oh that was fun to... i lived there for like yeah, four yeah. months and worked I taught yoga. Well, you you, you worked there too. It wasn't just yeah. a trip. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it was, uh, I, people might get tired of hearing the story, but I'm on your podcast mm -hmm. too. So I'll tell the story. <laughs> I'll tell the short uh -huh. version though. I, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I, well, I, I left the, the golden dawn order that was a bit culty mm -hmm. that I was in. I was in for 18 years. And so I left. And then over a period of time, I was like, ah, now with this freedom, you know, I, I think I'm going to quit my job, you know? And then I quit my job and I was like, ah, you know, they've got this taste of freedom. I think I'm going to get divorced, mm -hmm. you know? And then I did, mm -hmm. got divorced. And I think I'm going to sell my house. I think I'm going to buy a one-way mm -hmm. ticket and just fucking leave California and never come back. And I'm going to go mm -hmm. sit on a mountaintop. And everybody was like, what's happening to you? Are you crazy? <laughs> And uh, so I'm worried about you. And so, so I first I went to Africa for ten days. Mm -hmm. And uh, episode ninety eight and ninety seven, uh, I believe, of uh, Esoteric Nerd or all about mm -hmm. that. And uh, mm -hmm. so then, then I went to Nepal because the Buddha was born there. And so I thought right. a proper. I I think it was a kind of out of. And they have of, that. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, they no, have no, that no. trick. I think it was in one of your episodes. I think mm -hmm. I was watching it. There's the. Um, is it the Bodhi tree? Is that what they were showing? Like, uh, mm. you went to something, they said that's the tree the Buddha was under. Like, oh. it's supposed to be the Bodhi tree. But well, they, they have know, a big Bodhi tree. They have a big Bodhi tree in Lumbini, but the proper original Bodhi tree would have been in Bodh Gaya, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. Because that's where he attained enlightenment. Uh, but uh, okay. in, And then in Sarnath, he began teaching. Um, okay. And then there's one other place where he passed away. Uh, but then there okay. was the time where they were traveling all over India and fun stories about mm -hmm. how uh, they would they would always move on after a week or two. And I think that mm -hmm. that's like an old yoga thing, too. A, a proper yogi doesn't stay in one place longer than two weeks. Um, I mean, like a full fledged yogi, you know, who right, 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 does the right. bamboo enema and the Ganga every morning, you know, until, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're not supposed yeah. to like, live with anybody. But then during monsoon season, the Buddha you know, when he was alive said, well, okay, we have to make an exception during monsoon season. And so there was all kinds of shenanigans mm -hmm. that came up with uh, the disciples having to stay with, uh, 
you know, uh, with ladies and, you know, things that would come up and, and then that would establish laws mm -hmm. and the original, mm -hmm. not Theravada, but the other, the one, Hinayana is not a nice uh, term, but uh, there's... The, they say Theravada. Theravada, Theravada is one of them. There's, yeah. I think there's two names for those original schools, but, but those are in mm -hmm. Bodh Gaya, as far as I understand. And, uh, and mm -hmm. I mean, they originated in Bodh Gaya and then Mahayana... Yeah. Uh, also was established. There was a, a university established in Bodh Gaya, old stone place. I want to go. Uh, I've seen pictures of my wife there, but I haven't been yet. Her family's. From oh there. yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just yeah. pull it up right now in your head. It's yeah, a trip to me that her that her her ancestors thousands of uh -huh. years ago. I mean, her ancestors literally when Buddha was there, like they were down mm -hmm. the street, you know, and they wow. were like she's she's Siddhav, That's Krishna's caste. So back then they were Krishna's mm -hmm. caste. So I can just imagine mm -hmm. like she, it's pretty safe bet to say that one of my wife's ancestors, mm -hmm. when they heard about this, this new guy, Buddha, who was mm -hmm. preaching down the street was like, oh, I, I don't need that. You know, I'm a, I'm part <laughs> of Krishna's caste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, contemporaries basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, he was a little bit earlier, I think the Maha, well, thousands of years earlier. Uh, I think sure. 5,000 years, is that the Mahabharata? I don't know. Anyway. Oh, Mahabharata. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. Much older. Old, yeah, thousands at least. Yeah. Thousands history thousands. has a different meaning here. I mean, in California, it's like, this is a hundred years old. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, wow. A exactly. hundred years. Right. 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 Yeah. For them, a thousand years in India, like a thousand years is relatively new. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's a new guy from the 1200s. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm curious, like, because uh, you're in Nepal for a while. Um, yeah. Like comparing Nepal and uh, India, like, yeah. what are some major what are some major contrasts between those? Yeah. Two? Well, um, the the Nepal the 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 Indian government was uh, was put together over a period of a hundred some odd years, but well, a hundred years by the British, and then right. the they they just sort of made it okay by British and they kind of kept going with that government and then started adding to it and taking things mm -hmm. away like just a couple years ago the British had said that it that it was illegal for to have gay sex uh, they took mm -hmm. that law away two years ago but it takes time and it takes votes and it takes <laughs> energy and money right. to like change the laws uh, but then sure. on the on the other hand the British also made it illegal for a woman to throw herself on the burning higher uh mm -hmm. which a lot of people when you talk one-on-one -on -one with people who are educated mm -hmm. and are familiar with history and stuff they say you know honestly that's one thing i can say the british did that i'm thankful for yeah a, nobody wants that you know i mean but that used to be right. like standard kind of accepted mm -hmm. um it was mm -hmm. either you shave your head and wear white and live where the widows live or you throw yourself on the burning pyre that was basically either one of those was okay mm -hmm. but certainly don't wear a sari and keep your hair long and remarry that was like forbidden right. so the british right. the the western corruptive influence you know started to make women think maybe that was fucked <laughs> and uh out of change you know and so yeah. so one-on-one -on -one usually people they, they, there's not the same hatred of the british that you find in liberal white californians mm -hmm. <laughs> you know right, um, right, that, that, right. that they expect you know because they, they're trying to talk in a way that will make happy the angriest of the mm -hmm. of the of the disenfranchised in their community 
and it's and projecting mm -hmm. that on the whole rest of the world. And if they were thinking about aliens, they'd probably project that on that too. Have I been talking this whole time? Did I let you talk at all? Oh. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. Um, <laughs> for some reason, uh, for some reason, it's telling me to upgrade to pro. This is kind of weird because we only have two people, and it usually comes up with this when you have three. If it cuts off your recording, I'll send you mine because it seems to still be recording mine. Oh, okay, okay. If it cuts I don't off, know if I have yeah, yeah, pro. Yeah. We can always turn okay. it off and back. No, we don't on. need. We don't need pro. Yeah, yeah. We might. It might cut us off. Then we have to restart. But that's okay. Yeah. Off two files. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. But mm. anyways, uh, yeah. No, I'm very interested to hear all of this because there, there are places <laughs> I want to go and the you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, so Nepal. Yeah. What I was going to say, though. So that was my illustration of India's government. The Nepal mm -hmm. government was the king who I don't mm -hmm. know if you've heard this. There was a king whose son went crazy mm -hmm. and murdered the entire royal family. So so the oh. history, the history is there were 27 some odd kingdoms, I think maybe 23 or 24. And, and then they there was one king of a region in, mm -hmm. uh, with a city, uh, Gorka, where the beer comes from. I mean, the name of the beer, Gorka, where the Gurkha come from, that they have the curved blades and the British were impressed by them. Anyway, uh, so that, that guy, that king took over Nepal, I don't know how many hundreds of years ago, a few hundred years ago, and like united it all and made it Nepal. And then he moved into the capital, but then there was the British kind of occupy, mm -hmm. occupying. So the capital is a British style thing, mm -hmm. but then the British left and then the Royal family killed themselves. I mean, one of the kids, it was oh, tragic. Wow. I don't mean to make light of it. It was a, it was a wow. traumatic experience, I'm sure for a lot of people. And uh, mm -hmm. so they established a Republic, you know, they were like, mm -hmm. all right, let's not do that again, you know? And, uh, and then they were, and then, so the, the Chinese of course are right there. And so, mm -hmm. so China's like, Hey, can we, uh, you know, build here? We're going to just do some stuff. Hey, we're just going to use, right. this. Hey, this village here, that's, I, we should have that. Right. And Nepal's like, okay, can we get something out of it? And they're like, yeah, this, <laughs> and so, but then somehow, somehow or other, uh, they, while I was there, <laughs> this was interesting for me because my grandfather was in China when, uh, the communists hadn't taken over yet, but they were a force to be reckoned with. And they certainly didn't like him because he was a standard oil executive and everybody kind of knew his name. Oh, wow. Okay. So he had to wow. deal with them like in real ways. And so I'm walking wow. down the street. I wanted to learn, uh, Hindi. And so I wanted to learn the Hindi alphabet. So I went to a bookstore uh, for tourists in the tourist part of Pokhara, you know, which is a lake in Nepal. And uh, they said, oh, you need to go down this street really far. And I was like, okay. And go to a, a local bookstore, not us. And so I walked and walked and walked. And there was a, a few hundred Nepali people chanting and cheering. And there was someone with a megaphone and they were all flying the sickle and hammer. And I was like, oh, wow. okay, <laughs> I'll oh. turn left then <laughs> and uh, see if I can go around this. And then uh, so, but yeah, sure enough, a lot of people are really not just communist, but Maoist. It's a Maoist huh. party. And so they voted for a Maoist prime minister in their republic. But every year on October 10th, they sacrifice a thousand goats for the military. So, wow. so basically... From 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 my starry eyed, you know, five years ago, I, I I mostly you know I had seen the Golden Child with Eddie Murphy, and I knew mm -hmm. Buddha was from Nepal, and I, I kind of had a very misty eyed. Uh, Nepal is a very ancient, mysterious land where you know spirits sure. are just you know there. I I didn't know what to think. It was just the the 
that, that projection. Um, but then having been having having lived in Nepal and then come to India and uh, of course, in India, there's a there's a lot of diversity. So there's like a lot of people that are living the same way that their ancestors did th- three thousand sure. years ago, or or you know at least a, a long time ago. But plus cell phones, you know, and Facebook. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. But uh, the more like urban, like the the people in Delhi, the people in the big mm-hmm. cities that are, you know you could call them westernized. You know, if you go if you sure, use that sure. vernacular. But you know the people who have you know buildings like like everyone else and and. Uh, mm-hmm. They they think of Nepal as like the little brother of of India. They're mm. like, oh, oh, they're right. cute. You know, it's sort of like retro. You know, it's like uh, old school. Like old school. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. like like in India, they do they do like a little dot, and in Nepal, they'll take a handful of mud and plop it on their forehead and walk around all day with oh, it wow. as their blessing. So it's like, oh, <laughs> you need all of that, that whole thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, from an Indian perspective, and I, I right, 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 right. I I personally right. I found that. 90% of the people who I ended up like considering my friends that I met in Nepal that were Nepali really mm-hmm. just kind of a hundred percent after money, my money. And it got to be disheartening. So, so do you uh, feel like in that regard, very touristy trappy kind of like parts of Southeast yeah. Asia, you, you get that they, kind of, vibe it was kind of my first, I, I had been to Japan, but it was my first foray into like deep Asia kind of, you know, uh, but right. you know, it, it was a little bit. I mean, in Tamil, that's where all the tourists go. So all the people who are mm-hmm. tourist predators, you know, who are like the, mm-hmm. the people who are going to have a scam, you know, they're all right there in Tamil. So you can't walk down right, the street right. without twenty people offering you hash, and then someone trying to take you aside <laughs> to explain why they need you to, you know, like pay for their right. kids' tuition and everything. And I mean, I I had one where it was there was a Tibetan monk. And he looked like just like every Tibetan monk that you see. And, and he, he, I was wearing a Tibetan shirt and he was so happy. He was smiling and he was like, let's talk, let's talk. And then he took me off the main road to like a private area. And I was like, what is going okay and he was like oh you know and he was talking about i i uh, and he he was happy that i you know anything mm-hmm. i said about oh my dad was tibetan buddhist and, oh that's so great oh you're like a brother you know i hear i'll give you do you have a tibetan name i'll give you a tibetan name and then he, he started explaining my cataracts right here and, and that's where it was like okay well here's the whole reason for the for the very first smile and the very first hello and it's a little disheartening after a while it's like i went there expecting to have some mystical experience on a mountain but the first my first like jolt of like the first few weeks was just realizing at least how the not the rest of the world but uh, how a certain slice of the world views me you know as uh sure hey let's hey this guy has money this is mr Moneybags here do you see his shoes right uh, let's get him for everything he's got you know and 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 i i I experienced less of that in india i i came to india and i met uh a man named yash of the verma caste goldsmiths Mm -hmm. i'm interested in these arcane things but they're they're sort of arcane it's uh i mean harry potter's ancestor probably made pots so it's not so (laughs) not so different but uh anyway i've been talking well anyway he so yeah he he found out i smoked weed and invited me to come home with him and his dad works in the navy and you know it Mm -hmm. was just like i stayed with him and he was just happy to hang out you know and, and smoke weed right. and whatever you know and it was so so that was nice you know what what ended up happening in Nepal was I ended up befriending other tourists finally when I went there at first I was mm-hmm. 
ignoring the other tourists. Like I'm not one mm -hmm. of them, you know, but then mm -hmm. after a week, it shook me out of that. And then, uh, you know, right. I, I, there was a, a, a hostel. I had never stayed at hostels. I had never thought to mm -hmm. stay at hostels. I don't know why, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. then I went and stayed at one and I made 20 friends all simultaneously, you know, all just all <laughs> at once, you know, they're still my friends right. from all right. over the world. Really right. Nice. That's what's so cool about hostels. You just get yeah. in there and meet different kind of people. And it's a good, good, um, rather than staying alone. Like when I travel, it depends on the country, but sometimes I like to stay at a hostel for a few nights, but sometimes yeah. you want your own place too. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool to, you know, or, or you can get the hostel ones that have like the private rooms and stuff. That's nice as well. You know? That's true. You get a so, little bit of both. Um, so you can go into the main. Yeah, you get yeah exactly hang out with exactly. people and then go, go be alone <laughs> yeah 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 well you mentioned that you're in the golden dawn for like 18 years or yeah something. yeah one of so them. what's interesting we both have this um very <laughs> uh, deep, probably we both have this very deep interest in like hermeticism but then also eastern religions too, yeah right? like yeah yeah i picked so, that so up from my I... yeah it should be Okay, good. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Sweet. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, do you remember where what, what were we talking about? Nepal, India? Oh, yeah. We left um, off like uh, we both have uh, a lot of interests. I mentioned that you had mentioned oh, right. Golden Dawn for all those years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both have yeah, hermeticism. Like and then also like yoga yeah. and Vajrayana, Hinduism, things, things yeah. like that, right? So uh, kind of interesting. So uh, about your time, you were, you said you are in the Golden Dawn for 18 years. That's a long time. Yeah, this, yeah. This, and you said it's like a cult version. Like, what's the story behind that? that yeah, kind of yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's sort of like I mean, there's of course the layers of uh, the definition of the word cult. Sure. Um, <laughs> right. It's the classic old, like old Roman, like the cults of ISIS, a group of people with a shared belief practicing together. That okay, well, that includes what every religion too. Um, and then there's the post uh, Charles Manson sort of connotation. Mm -hmm of occults, uh, which is like, okay, well, there's, there's a scale. There's like, okay, are they just kind of ripping you off and controlling you sure. or are, are they also making you drink poison? You know, and so it's like, then there's <laughs> right. a scale there's from one to 10. To the cult game, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How insidious is it? How, how, right. uh, traumatic is it? How long is the process of, uh, deprogramming afterward? You know, that kind of thing. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so I would say, on that scale, I don't know enough about the Cicero order. I think that because they don't meet very often and they don't have mandatory meetings, mm -hmm. that they're very close to zero on the cult scale. But having a hierophant and a chief adept and a hierarchical structure and a spiritual communal secret organization, you are on the cult scale, you know, like you, sure, sure. that's a cult that's, you know, by, by the broader definition that doesn't sure. have the nasty connotation, then whether or not the nasty connotation is there kind of depends on the leadership, although it can also depend on the rest of everybody, but mostly on the leadership, 99% of the leadership, I'd say. But, uh, but yeah, my dad liked, he and his mom used to go to builders of the Adidas, the Paul Foster mm. case one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They they are near my old house in California. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, the uh, the one in Highland Park, the mm -hmm. original one. And uh, so he colored in the tarot decks, and he colored in the Tree of Life, and he was familiar with that stuff, and he read tarot. And then he he delved into Vajrayana Buddhism shortly before I was born. Then mm -hmm. he died when I was about fifteen. Okay. So, so I, my whole life, at least the first part of my life, maybe the first half, not touch wood, as they say here, um, was all about one-upping my dad. <laughs> so I, I, 
So I think that I have less interest in hermeticism than most other people who are involved in hermeticism. Mm -hmm. Certainly anybody who reads books about hermeticism because mm -hmm. I've never read one. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I mean, I uh, joined when I was 16 and they, it was 1994. So they told us, don't look at the internet. Don't mm -hmm. look at books. You know, just get it from us and you'll get the of the true one, true and holy. Uh -huh. and, um, and, uh, and so, you know, there were idiots like me that uh, followed the orders. And, uh, then there were others that didn't and most of them left. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, you know, it's, it sort of got stupider over time. I remember there was one point where there was a schism. And I mean, I don't mean to insult all of those people, but I was kind of looking at the people who were left and it was either people who didn't speak English as their first language by a lot, you know, people who kind of didn't get the, what, what, who was he, why was he yelling? Who was the, who were those people? What, what, what's everybody so upset about? Mm -hmm. And then the cult leader came back and, uh, you know, uh, was telling everybody, oh, well, you know, they're gone now. So now we can get down to the work. But I didn't leave. I stayed behind and I stood up and I got in his face. And I was like, you're the one who started the rumor that you put your cum in the goddamn stuff that you gave everybody oh, wow. to drink, you know? And like, if you wow. if you don't want that rumor going around, why did you start the rumor, asshole? You know, and, he, and then right. he starts shaking and he's holding his, he's clutching his, his rosary, you know, and he's sweating, you know, and wearing his white robe. And he wasn't expecting like so much opposition, especially from me, I was kind of his like buddy for a few years before mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, then, then it was interesting because he just started spouting old tapes, mm -hmm. like, like old, uh, like pre-recorded things about next year's power week is going to be even better than last year. You know, like every August we had power week was uh, <laughs> the thing, you know, and, and uh, everybody from all the members from around the world who could afford it would fly in and, mm -hmm. and then get thoroughly traumatized over the course of, no it was fun usually for most of the people but it was the kind of thing that the higher you up the higher up you were the more dark it got um i had oh, one teacher who's now a bishop actually but uh in the episcopal church i mentioned i think mm, uh, yeah he, he was my teacher in the golden dawn and he told me that the that golden dawn temple was a lot like the opposite of nebuchadnezzar's vision ah. <laughs> <Because> the feet <laughs> the feet are gold because the neophytes they're the ones that are glowing because in their minds they've just joined a magical order you know right. so they're they're the ones that are lit up and the ones that have been here for a few years and especially the ones toward the top they're mm. just the they're the lead mixed with clay you know that, that that's the head <laughs> the head of the lead mixed with clay and the feet of gold so right. Right, that, that was a right. fun fun analogy but uh, well it sounds yeah. like a trippy so how about currently you're not that interested as much in hermeticism maybe due to all the you know well you're immersed well, in it for quite a long time but I, yeah that's the thing is it shaped my thinking quite a lot sure. and sure. i have the ability to kind of help people who uh you know, like are immersed in it. Mm -hmm. I always used to say that the golden dawn, and this might sound rude, but I used to say that the golden dawn was sort of the cure for Christianity. No, I'll qualify mm -hmm. that. <laughs> what I mean by that is if somebody was sort of traumatized by parents or grandparents that were immersed in a <laughs> bad form of usually Protestant Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, although, you know, I, I wasn't around a lot of Catholics growing up and I know that they have their own issues, but it's usually pretty much just one issue that they've got mm -hmm. there. Um, and there's like a few general abstract things like guilt and not reading the Bible, but the Protestants, mm -hmm. they, they get really kinky, you know, with their trauma. So, so uh, for those folks, um, the Golden Dawn can be a real godsend. 
Uh, but for but for somebody who just sort of like grew up meditating and uh, <laughs> you know kind of like uh, I don't know observing the world and looking at flowers and stuff like that, the golden dawn might not be necessary or useful. I mean, you know, but but it certainly can help with somebody who's dealing with a lot of bad, uh, you know, scripture based. Uh, uh, you know, um, twisted scripture based twisted scripture. Is that, that should be a band name. Twisted scripture. Um, that sounds like a pretty good cool band name. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Twisted scripture. Oh, that sounds like a really good band name actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. But yeah. So, so in that sense, I mean, I wasn't my, now that's the thing is my dad was half Buddhist, you know, and half her- hermetist. And, uh, but my grandma was very, fundamentalist christian you know mm. and so she had this whole like you've got to put jesus in your heart you know right and my dad my dad was like the cool magician you know that right. oh, i'll do this and that so i found that happy medium in the golden dawn where you know they everybody when you get to a certain grade you get an identical cross tattoo on your heart you know put jesus oh, okay. in your heart mm-hmm. and uh and uh and yet you know we were we were occultist magicians and even mm-hmm. even black magicians at times and by that i mean evil i don't mean uh, anything else um they, they, the brotherhood of the black sun kuho you have no relation to the mm-hmm. black sun in world war ii era germany they they're the group in south africa that i went and, and hung out with and uh, one of their things is they they call it the black sun specifically and mm-hmm. people go whoa is it evil and it's like well the fact that you ask that question is the reason why we're the church of the black sun <laughs> is <Yeah>. no <laughs> you know like uh beyond the light there is darkness and right. that darkness that prime primordial darkness from which the light came is mm-hmm. where we orient ourselves. We're not obsessed with the light. We're we're looking beyond the light into the ein, to the, to the no thing. And then as a Kabbalist, I'm like, that's great. I love that, you know. <laughs> and it, and it, you know, because he was coming from a Buddhist perspective. So mm-hmm. so it was a, a a South African man who went to Japan and stayed in uh, mm-hmm. a Tenzin. Is that is that right? Tenzin? No, that's the that's the the son of the Avatar. <sighs> <laughs> and the driver our driver in uh, in bhutan was tenzin so it's not tenzin it starts with a t but it's uh it was the guy who was initiated by kukai and then he went down and built that uh he started the regular more normal form of japanese buddhism that's only a little bit vajrayana yeah yeah it starts yeah. with a oh, t it's uh god uh, it's like ten, mostly isn't it called like Tengen or Tengen or maybe something, like something close to that somebody knows yeah. if you know please comment down below anyway <laughs> right 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 it's there, like Buddhism so, basically right? a little bit yeah and so he was he was staying there and every morning you know or every night or whenever it was once a week they would uh-huh. all chant the the Hanya Shingyo together Tendai was, maybe is it called Tendai yeah Tendai yeah yeah, yeah. okay and so, so, uh, so after a few years of that, he came back and uh, he was a Scientologist mm-hmm. and, uh, and, but then he kind of fell out of grace with Scientology because he had this epiphany that he wanted to start a new religion that was African, traditional African at the core. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but included elements of Buddhism and Hermeticism and a Masonic structure and uh, then started, he, he started delving into Norse religion. And so it was like a very unique thing. So the Church of Scientology told him to stop. And he said, no. And they said, stop, stop or leave. And he said, bye. And wow. then they told his wife, uh, you have to divorce your husband or get him to stop, you know, or we'll kick you out. 
Wow. And by the way, congratulations, you're Africa's first OT5. Um, wow. <laughs> so what do you say? Are you going to divorce him? So she divorced him. It sucked. Mm -hmm. And um, and then later she was like, I shouldn't have done that. But he was mm -hmm. saying, well, you did it. So um, right. so anyway, that's that's uh, that's my buddy Kay down in South Africa, giving him a big plug right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, mm -hmm. I forgot why. I, oh, yeah, because it's the because it's the black sun. So so from oh. the from a Buddhist from a Buddhist perspective, who's aware of the veils of negative existence, he chose the African word coup to represent the, the, the darkness of the nothingness beyond the light. Mm. And I, I was like, cool, I like it. So yeah, so I went down there and hung out with them for 10 days, which was nice because he had a nephew that at uh -huh. one time, he showed this nephew mm -hmm. a picture of me wearing mm -hmm. my, my, my nemesis. And he said, mm -hmm. you, you see how these, the, these white people come and they, they make us into Christians and they make <laughs> us into this and that and tell us to reject our spiritual roots. And then what do they do? They embrace African religion. <laughs> so this, this nephew was like, I hate him, you know, like, like looking at the picture of me, like, I want to kill that man. And so then, then I, flew, then I flew down there and, uh, and participated with great respect in their rituals and right. knelt before the Vudan God of the representing the ancestors. And they wow. were all very impressed because there was one ritual where you're supposed to name all of the ancestors, you know, the names of, they didn't know what they were getting into. <laughs> John, son of Dan, son of John, son of, you know, like all the way back 12 generations and how, wow. how, how many names is that? So my turned right. a long time because i had to name every ancestor's name i knew wow how they were connected to me and then that night then i went to sleep and had like a a vivid nightmare mm. in which i saw my grandmother um mm. in my old house where my temple was and she was wow. walking she was very concerned and walking counterclockwise and i woke up and i was like what have i done to my grandmother like i said she was the one who said put jesus in your heart and there i am in africa participating in voodoo rituals so something yeah, yeah. was going on in here no doubt you know right 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 well, that's a trip but yeah it, it, at the end that kid that same nephew he he gave me a big hug and thanked me for coming down and showing him that that uh that this African religion is sacred, yes, and should be for everyone and not limited to Africans and certainly not limited to Europeans, but the mm -hmm. whole world can share in this. Mm -hmm. And he sees that now. And then he gave mm -hmm. me a book uh, that, that it was uh, uh, Sir and Cleopatra, <laughs> like, or Mark Anthony, I, I forget. Okay. And I, I was like, this is very, like, too thoughtful, you know, like, right. that's really interesting. And, uh, uh so that was my time. That was my 10 days in Africa. That was a trip. Wow. Very so, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you kind of transition out of that now, now you, would you can, do you consider yourself part of like any school of thought like Buddhism or like some a Hindu? Well, that's a good question. Or, or do you just see yourself more syncretic or more? Um, yeah. Yes. I, I'm very fond of Sri uh, Ramakrishna's mm -hmm. uh, perspective of, uh, you know, like I have this, and Taj Mahal all oh just basically uh basically all you know not not I wouldn't say all religions but like the ones I connect with uh you know which is basically aesthetically and creatively, I love Vajrayana Buddhism. Mm -hmm. But as far as my personal philosophy and path mm -hmm. is much closer to uh, a Theravada or Zen, 
which are two totally different things I know. Sure. But Zen, Zen I see as kind of like a movement back to the Theravada after mm -hmm. the Vajrayana and the Mahayana. Mm -hmm. um, they, it was like a very or, hyper-organized Theravada type yeah. of thing, but, but from the perspective of, of bringing the, the uh, lessons from, from history, it was mm -hmm. a, what, 1800 years after Theravada. So um, right, right. Th that it really got going. I mean, in China, Chan was, was around a few hundred years before that. But mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so I, I, I'm very partial to uh, Dogen, uh, the one who brought Zen into Japan. I like the Shobogenzo. I read it over and over. Oh, I mean, wow. I guess if you go by what I read, mm -hmm. um, my dad was the first, that's the thing is he, he wrote a scripture oh. called transformations. He wow. wrote his own scripture. It's like, it's a, it's his own chapter in the Bible. It's even got chapters and verses. Wow. And, uh, and so when he died and I felt like I had lost my teacher, I had this, I well, first I joined the golden dawn. And then mm -hmm. after a year in the golden dawn, I found out my dad had written a book wow. and this, I, this was a lot like, a someone throwing a lifesaver, you know, mm -hmm. and because uh, it, it helped, helped me stay afloat kind of uh, while I, I would, it, it made me look at the groupthink, that mm -hmm. word egregore in Golden Dawn is groupthink. That's right. how they defined it in 1880, whatever. And, uh, and, but then I was like, well, I have my perspective though, which is largely based on my dad's and it's kind mm -hmm. of over here and separate and it's a little bit Buddhist and kind of mm -hmm. a, a little bit Hindu. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I was, that, but they, I think the group appreciated me as, as bringing an ornament, bringing a, uh, bringing a little bit of spice and an unusual flavor to the Golden Dawn group think in that mm -hmm. I always had that Eastern perspective. And then we all would always recite Romans 12, where not all members of the body have the same function. So, you know, right. BT's function is, that's me, you know, the Edwards function is to be, be a little bit humorous and, and do things on the internet and be buddhist i guess you know so right. that was sort of where my pigeon hole after a while um I, I ended up doing a lot of charity partly because i mean you know it was from the heart actually there's kind of an interesting history there and i've never really explained it mm -hmm. it's sort of one of those things that was like secret third order stuff you know so <laughs> even, yeah right even, even all these years later it's like hard for me to really like well how much of this should i talk about how much is it is, uh -huh. is appropriate to talk about basically um, okay, I'll do the short version. And I'm sorry, again, that I'm talking so much. I, oh, I feel like I'm, uh, but, but okay, so 9-11 hit. And I had been in the second order by then by, for about nine months. And I was still very starry eyed and young and thought, you know, oh, I'm part of the incarnation of Jesus in, in the world today. Um, and then, so 9-11 happened, and then the, the leader, uh, you know, I'm calling him Bob Copperfield on, in my book I'm writing, so I'll just call him that here. Okay. We, I called him Voldemort, but a few people rightfully complained that that gives him too much credit. Um, <laughs> so Bob Copperfield is much better, because his name was Bob, and he was a stage magician, among other things. Okay. It wasn't a David Copperfield, more of a, ah, where's my finger? Anyway, right. Uh, so he called everybody and said, okay, speakerphone, mandatory speakerphone call, or not speaker, mandatory conference call. So we all called in and he was very seriously talking about how the third order is very upset with us because it's our fault that this happened. And what? And he's like, it's my fault. It's your fault. It's this order's fault. Wow. And we, if we had done what we were supposed to do three years ago, this wouldn't have happened. And, wow. uh, and so, so, but we can, we can do something now to, to make up for that 
and to try to, you know, come back into good graces with the Lord or whatever, you know, yeah. it's such a mind fuck, you know, I mean, even though half of, half, you know, any, any rational part of the brain is like, well, this is stupid. And then the other right. part of the brain is, but it's also the cult that we, you know, joined and they tied us to a cross and <laughs> so cut it's us like you're and, invested in this thing already. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, I have to go along with this or say goodbye to all my friends, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. or just, and not, not to mention like lose any, like according to the world thinks, that I am a, a guy who didn't go to college and is unemployed and, uh, you know, just sort of lives off of his sister and, you know, mm -hmm. but, but, but I know in reality that I am the, the, the hierophant, uh, for mm -hmm. the, for this, for this vernal term of the, you know, whatever dumb shit, you know what I mean? It's like right. all this, everybody in the D and D club, you know, like taking <laughs> it way too seriously, you know, like, uh, right, forgetting, right. forgetting the, who they really are and thinking they're this little plastic character. Right. And so, <laughs> so yeah, so kind of in the, in the spirit of going along with that, we all very seriously started going to all these mandatory meetings and driving across the country and flying across the ocean and meeting to, uh, to bless these little talismans. Mm -hmm. And then the, the idea was that the third order had gave us strict instructions, you know, to, uh, to go bury these talismans in Jerusalem, and then that would solve world peace. Oh, and so, so, you know, everybody got their wallets out, you know, and like, okay, we've got to pay for how many people to go to Jerusalem and do this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so long story short, we did it. And it's like, I feel so weird talking about it because like in the midst of how weird and creepy it all is, there was like 20 of us like dancing and singing and like having these like sort of orgy, like emotional orgiastic kind of uh, experiences all around this idea that we were chosen by God to save the world and end war forever. And right. so it's like, okay, well, it's, it's like reminiscent of like the 1800s, you know, uh, the apocalypse uh, cults, um, except that we were golden dawn. And so it was really a new kind of phenomenon. Right, right, right. So world peace didn't end. I mean, well, you know, <laughs> world, world peace didn't happen. So we asked the third order, well, why didn't world peace happen? And they said, because of class division, what we need to do is we need to go to India and uh, because Mother Teresa started in Calcutta, so we'll bury talismans in Calcutta, and then that will solve world hunger, and then that will end the class animosity that results in war, and then world peace. And okay. so, so, you know, it's like, all right, I like India, you know, and yeah. um and so, so yeah, we were focused on that and we had 72 little pieces of metal, people flying across the country and driving up and, uh, and all meeting to bless the 72 mm -hmm. uh, pieces of metal. And then three people came to Calcutta and buried them. Wow. And then, then we started seeing articles in the news and about, about that India was getting into this tech boom, you know, that, that suddenly people were going to school and learning tech and then flying and getting jobs in US and Canada and UK. And then, and then they started manning all the telephones for everybody. Now it's of course been a, a cliche for a long time, but this sure, was like yeah. 2004, 2005. And, uh, and the middle class was rising and all this. And so we were taking, we were fully taking credit for all of this. Like, <laughs> see, right, of yeah, course. yeah, that, that's what we did. And, and but, we had added Ganesh as a as a deity in our in our Golden Dawn pantheon. So it was Isis, Osiris, Set, Horus, 
you know, and all these, and then Ganesh also, oh, and Jesus, because it was all very Catholic. So, <laughs> and so I became a Catholic and, and uh, you know, wow. started going singing in a choir and then, uh, but defending the leftist Catholics who liked the, there was a, someone did a Ganesh invocation in a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. And so the conservative Catholics in the choir were talking, preaching to the choir, literally about, uh, yeah, right. about how that, that was Evil a bad thing. And, so yeah. I took, then there was a moment of silence and I'm like, this is God telling me that now I need to speak up for the people who, in, who made the decision to allow Ganesh to be invoked in the Catholic church. And then the guy, the, the other guy at the end of it, he leaned over to me and he's like, I also like Ganesh too. Like, ah. but he didn't want anybody to know. <laughs> he didn't want anybody right. to know, you know? And, right, um, right, right. Well, funny, so it, was an, it was involved. It was complex and layers, layers to it. But a lot of that led to my being here. But part of that was uh, in order to maintain after the after the talismans were buried in India, in order right. to in order for them to continue to grow, one of us had to work with the Mother Teresa nuns once a month and go feed homeless people in uh, Skid Row, Los Angeles. So uh-huh. that became my job, and that was my job for ten years. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of a lot of that was it took the pressure off me because when the when the head of the order bob copperfield was taking inventory go who's pulling his weight around here who's not who's freeloading who's who needs a job who needs me to tell them to go you know i don't know threaten some ex-adept or something right. um, i was always like hey well you know i've got i've got charity so uh, you know right it. so so it was right. sort of my my excuse to be but it was so dumb i mean i don't know because it was also just you know how every corrupt organization wants to have some kind of charity thing going on on the side so they can say oh look you know so i was that i was very much that uh you know like Uh, uh, welcome to the order for those of you who think that there shouldn't be people starving on the streets talk to bt about going to feed them with the mother (laughs) Teresa nuts like this straight up stupid propaganda but it was my life i was walking the propaganda so you know but it was an interesting experience and I did meet a lot of interesting characters who were homeless in Skid Row and, and the nuns were interesting and individuals that, that, that I got to meet and get to know and learn from, you know, uh, so overall it's like, okay, yeah, the structure of my experience was within a control system, but I mean, you know, on the other hand, what isn't, <laughs> you know, I mean, Zoom and Facebook are a type of, it's just a different type. But uh, right. it's, I think, preferable to some some uh, used Carl Sussman with a, with sure, a messianic sure, sure. complex or something. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, though, like, uh, if you consider, like, you're talking about your Catholic experience, like, from my experience mm. growing up in, in America, it's like all mm. the religions are so pitted against each other, like, mm. even, even within Christianity, you have all the different sects yeah. and Catholics versus the Protestants and all this shit, right? Yeah. But it's like, yeah. from what I've seen, I, I've never been to India, I've never lived there, but from just like my studies and encountering, it seems India is so much more inclusive where it's like, yes. you know, for yeah. example, like you were talking about like Ramakrishna, it's sort of like the Vedanta, like all religions can fit in easily into their sort of map or schema or their uh, exactly. par- paradigm and stuff like that. And even in India, like, you know, you have different people worshiping different, you have Shiv, Shiv, Shivites or whatever, and you yeah. different devotees to different gods, but they don't see it as like, as far as I know, they don't see it as like this huge, like war against each other or anything like. Most of them don't, uh, yeah, though I'm there sure is a little bit of a, there, there is a little bit of a, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the, 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 I have to keep in mind that the government might be watching this. Mm. Um, they, there, there, there are, there are nationalists who, uh, who like basically feel that uh, India should be for everyone except for 
you know, um, terrorists. And, and, sure, and sure, one thing, sure. one thing the terrorists all have in common is their sure. religion. Right. So then there's a little bit of a, mm -hmm. you know, people looking at the people of that religion. But in the same breath, you'll see a woman in a full sari, you know, even with the face covered, mm -hmm. uh, walking with a woman in a full burqa, laughing, right. talking, you know, talking about gossip in the village, in any mm -hmm. village in India. Mm -hmm. So so it's true that it, it is inclusive, especially much more so than in the U.S., where, yeah, like you said, um, you know, it's like always kind of a big deal if a Jewish person has a conversation with a Muslim or, mm -hmm. or if a, if a Christian has a conversation with an atheist, it's like news mm -hmm. at 11, you know, but, right. uh, but yeah, here, here it's the, the, the diversity is just part of the tapestry and, mm -hmm. and it, it, it simultaneously people can take their religion very seriously, but not, not in a way that makes them pitted against someone who has a different religion mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and it's very common for Hindus and Muslims to, to be married. Mm. And uh, it's usually a bit controversial, you know, that people in both both families, you know, there's the conservative older mm. folks that get rubbed right. the wrong way by that. But there's a famous uh, Mughal uh, emperor, Akbar, who, mm. who one of the things he was famous for was for not only marrying a Hindu like princess, mm. but, um, but building a Hindu temple inside of his Islamic uh, capital building for wow. her, you know, to, to worship Krishna in because that was her religion. And right. so people love, love Akbar, uh, you know, uh, partly because he also got rid of the pilgrimage tax because <laughs> the, the muggles, muggles used to tell the Hindus, oh, you want to do your, you, 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 yearly pilgrimage you have to pay this tax and he got rid of that because he found out everybody hated it and they hated right. that because of it and so so they, he was the yeah. nice emperor the nice muggle but he wow. was the exception so so there's this weird like i mean i noticed just from facebook there's like people who tie in this strong resentment against the occupation by anybody mm -hmm. whoever it's it's sort of a little bit of like what china has made as their core core principles of their mm -hmm. established government it's never again you know right um, so there's people who have that feeling of we don't want any muggles we don't want any british we don't want anyone uh except for us and mm -hmm. and 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 there's like such beautiful things in india that and and the, the tradition is so and the hindu culture specifically is so ancient and, and rooted that it's at, and on mm -hmm. top of that they're 1920s style nationalism god i'm gonna get myself in trouble aren't i um <laughs> it got it, it was not allowed to fully express itself until after the british left mm -hmm. and then there went through through a socialist period where there was an italian woman in charge and mm -hmm. i mean that's though they're the, they're the ones that politically i agree with more but i can understand the 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 sort of gut uh emotional um you know uh the frustration you know with the people who like wanted to, wanted the wanted the, the the flag to be an expression of their pride in their own family their ancestors and mm -hmm. by the way screw the muggles and screw the british <laughs> and we don't need any tourists we don't need any muslims get them all out of here um and you know just kind of like the the, the big issue that came up a few years ago was was there was a law that was written so that okay if you're illegal we're kicking you out mm -hmm. but if you're illegal if you're here illegally uh, and, and you're Hindu or Buddhist or Christian or Jainist or, you know, like the list went on and on and on and on and didn't include 
Muslim, right. um, th then, then you can stay. <laughs> so they wanted to get, get rid of wow. all the illegal aliens, except for the ones who were anything but Muslim. And then people right. were like, so you want to get rid of all the Muslims? No, we're not saying that, you know. Right. <laughs> but you are, though, you know. So right. there was some controversy about that, which... Uh, I, and by the way, I, I, I certainly love the Indian government. I think that they're perfect and I have no complaints whatsoever. And I'm so grateful to be allowed to live here with my beautiful wife. And right. please don't deport me. Please don't deport me. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you currently live in India. Yeah, you live in yeah. India. You're married to a um, yeah. Indian woman. And did you say yeah. that you taught yoga or something? Is that, I think you had mentioned I that. I did. You did? I or haven't you taught in India. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. I and if I had, I wouldn't admit it publicly. You know, uh, right, because right, right. of the visa. Well, do people yeah. like uh, so like the average Western when you say yeah, yoga, they, they're thinking about stretching, like hatha yoga, like that kind of stretching. When I think about well, yoga, I'm always thinking about yeah. like philosophy and the. You know what I mean? Like, there's the, a weird flip flop that I've noticed happened where right. where in California. Not, yeah. uh, well, I mean, maybe it was just my neighborhood I was hanging out with, but if I talked to like right. a yoga student or a yoga teacher in California, and I'd say, tell me right. about yoga, they'd say, well, yoga has many layers. Asana right. is the third limb of eight limbs and, you know, right. and, and Patanjali and this and that, <laughs> the yoga and they can explain it. Yeah. Th then I came to Delhi and I, uh -huh. you know, overhear conversations with girls would be like, I need to do yoga. My butt is too, you know, like, like I, I need to do you know, I want my butt to be shaped better. So I'm going to do yoga. Like, right. like um, and, and like an Indian person saying that. So it was like, it was like, it got corrupted and then the corrupt version backflowed. Well, <laughs> then it tried to correct itself. And so then I'm over right. here like, ah, what is going on? But, mm -hmm. but no, that's just one silly example. They, there are very serious schools and very serious yoga practitioners here who of course are aware that it's much more than stretching. But I right. think in the West, the, the West gets too much of a bad rep partly because of the Instagram phenomenon, which mm -hmm. is in part the fault of all these brands that encourage right. uh, influencers to, sure, you sure. know, to, to have a million followers that are constantly engaged by scantily clad uh, yoga poses in order to sell Lululemon. And, right. um, and, th and that's all really <laughs> fucked up. And that, yeah, that should be, something should be done about that. But even the women, yeah. the models in, in, in those, Mm -hmm. pictures when you talk to them they've they're reading pot and jelly you know and they're they're yeah usually right. taking I mean, it has some good influence heart. perhaps right yeah. yeah i mean that's why so many of them are vegan because they read the about ahimsa mm -hmm. and um yeah, I mean, partly, I mean, maybe some of them were vegan already or for other reasons, but I, the, for me, I, I, I was vegan for three years uh, mm -hmm. when I first became a yoga teacher and it was I, I don't know. I think a lot of what I did, a lot of my motivations for doing a lot of things were out of a sense of insecurity because my, my dad taught me a kind of yoga with mm -hmm. breathing and chanting when I was like five. And then, and then I said that my dad taught me yoga, but I didn't know about stretching yoga. I didn't know it existed. I was oh, okay. 12 years old, 13 years old. And my friend right. Matt was like, oh, my dad also does, my dad and I do yoga. And I was kind of like, what? You don't even know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> and, then, and then my dad shows up and he's 300 pounds, you know? Right. And so of course, Matt laughed until he cried because <laughs> I, I had told him that my dad taught me yoga. And he, well, 
this guy, you know, like yeah. he does yoga. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> and so I think like that, that like 12, 12 year old, like little thing, like planted a seed that inevitably resulted in my becoming a yoga teacher and moving to India just to like oh. try to prove that I know what yoga is. You know, <laughs> I mean, like on some really primal insecure child level, you know, oh, and uh, so, similar with Golden Dawn and with, uh, with, with delving into Buddhism and going to Nepal and going to the site where Buddha was born, mm -hmm. you know, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, there was one point where someone, uh, I started explaining what I knew about Vajrayana Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And then she put on her resume that her Vajrayana Buddha teacher was Edward Reed. And so <laughs> then, and that kind of like lit a fire in me that resulted in me buying a one-way ticket to Nepal because I was like, like I, I, better can't know my be, shit. <laughs> I can't be anybody's Vajrayana Buddhist teacher. I'm like barely even a student. I've never learned from You're like, I, I gotta go get my loan and my empowerment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sit in a cave for a month. And, right. Oh my God. Oh, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. But, but I think I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I don't know. I guess I think all this stuff I'm doing, I'm publishing books and making podcasts. I think, you know, I, I, I just to get meta a little bit, I guess I'm still a little bit wrapped up in that. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I, I it's not like I have some like message that I want to get out there, but I just have a need for my voice to be talking out there, but I don't know. I, it, it, there was a point where esoteric nerd had a, an altruistic motive. Uh, but then yeah. now I think it's just an excuse to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. If, if that's, you can't really say if that's all it is, but you know, the yeah. fact that you're having interesting conversations, that's value in itself, you know? That's true. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. it's good to connect with like-minded people or people that are interested in, you know, traveling and weird shit, like the stuff we're into. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I want to talk much less, um, <laughs> how, how did you get started? I mean, I just tell me about what happened. How you, so you, what part of California are you from? Okay. I grew up, well, I grew up partially in Hawaii too. So I grew okay. up like half, yeah, half my life in Hawaii and then mm. half in Northern California and also Sacramento, like Bay area and also Sacramento. And okay. so, okay. yeah, yeah. And so like, kind of like my dad's side, very Christian, very, uh, what would you say? Like, um, yeah, like conservative Christian. So I grew up with that side when I, you know, my parents were divorced. So with, right. with, with my dad, I had the whole Catholic Christian on his side of his family. He was the my one in Hawaii? Was, uh, oh, my dad was in California. Uh, my mom, okay. we moved to Hawaii for like, I don't know, probably like 12 years or something like that. Okay. okay. And then, yeah, um, yeah. and then growing up there, my mom was more into Buddhism. She used to go to this Japanese oh. um, Buddhist church where they'd have, you know, like almost like services, but you know, everything's more focused. It's obviously different, right? Because you're studying. Yeah. Like, uh, you're still in like the Dhammapada and like breathing and like meditation. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. 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 So I got, I got kind of an early exposure to like both of these things. Right. And then being yeah. in Hawaii too, you have like Ram Dass's group and like all these oh, different yeah. sort of um, mm. very eclectic, like Eastern religions and things along these lines. Right. And so. Yeah. I not a, to mention Pele and, and uh, right. the original stuff there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Kahunas mm. and stuff like that. And mm. so um yeah, that's kind of how, you know, my background initially. And then on top of that, my great grandfather who would visit all the time, he was a like a head honcho mason in California, like the general, gen, uh, grand general secretary of like oh. the Shriners and the, you know, all the like the oh. Scottish Rite and all these groups. Right. And so, uh, yeah, just growing up like, uh, you know, just going to his house, I would see all these cool esoteric symbols and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I remember one time he gave me this, uh, 
it was on my birthday or something. He gave me this thing and it had like, you know, it had like the uh, the pyramid with the eye and then all these like cool symbols. I was like, man, what the hell is How this? Cool. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of influenced me as a kid. I was like, what are all these symbols and what's all this, you know, weird I've shit? Got a, my, my dad's Mason thing huh? uh, hanging hanging up here. My dad, uh, he joined, you know, as an adult, uh, mm -hmm. but then he was disillusioned because it wasn't the magical place that he imagined it would be. <laughs> the masonry, I mean. Right, right, right. And <laughs> but he had the Masonic belt buckle and everything. Right, right, right. If anything, it's like, it's kind of a cool, it's like a social network or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting nowadays, history. Yeah. Symbols sure, are cool sure. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So I got into that and then... Um, yeah, just growing up doing a lot of acid and stuff like that, meditating mm. a lot and yeah, sort of yeah. exploring, you know. So I've always been more inclined, I guess, towards Eastern religions mm. until um, then my grandfather passed away and I kind of wanted to, you know, explore masonry and sort of right. then from there you kind of start like digging. Then it's like Rosicrucianism and, yeah. um, and looking into all that kind of stuff. And mm. so, yeah, I guess, I guess my interests are pretty vast. I, I mean, I consider, I don't know, I don't really consider myself part of anything. I do practice like Vajrayana. Uh, Buddhism mm. as well but also I'm mm. still very interested in like western esoteric stuff especially a, yeah. few, a few different things especially more um I'm more interested not really in as much as in like the golden dawn and that kind of stuff but very much in like the works of John D and sort mm. of that uh Elizabethan like magic yeah. time you know because in my experience it's like that whatever they were doing it's quite fascinating just reading the accounts and reading the diaries of people like john d and stuff like that but that's true yeah actually like some of the stuff that they're doing it like you'll mm. you can perform it actually shit starts changing right it's like instant yeah how interesting yeah 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 because yeah. yeah, that the victorian era of course yeah i mean they, they were all anglicans but elizabeth was the daughter of henry so i mean you know what is anglican back then you know i mean right it, right, was, a, right. it was a brand new thing she had a wizard you know i mean <laughs> right exactly like an advice yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's certain you know uh, figures i guess you would say in the um western esoteric tradition that are fascinating to me so yeah, yeah. um yeah so I, I guess you know you could say i have like my feet in both worlds but definitely more immersed in non-dual sort of worldview because you get into, yeah. you know, like hermeticism, there's a lot of emanationist theory and you can play with numbers mm. and Kabbalah and it's become sort of like a mental, I feel like to a lot of degree, a lot of it can become mental masturbation to a degree. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's why I, I would say, you know, maybe Buddhist, Buddhist with hermetic overtones or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, I think yeah. when I think about like, uh, for example, Renaissance Italy was going on in Rome, which had the shadows of the Catholic Church and the Roman Empire and all this other stuff. The Golden Dawn was going on in London with the smell of the Thames outside right. and the horse stomping and all the shouting and extra, extra, read all about it. So what are you mm -hmm. going to do? You're going to go into a room and seal the doors, light mm -hmm. a lot of incense and have everybody go, oh, until you right. can ha experience something similar to a moment of silence. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. so I think that a lot of that is like, I mean, and I kind of used to teach this way is like, if we don't fill our heads with, the, with these graphs and these names and these angels mm -hmm. and these spirits, what does our head get filled with? Mm -hmm. TV and billboards and random right. people we meet on the street and the coworkers and the 
happy hour Fridays. And so it's like, <laughs> happy hour it's like yeah. yeah, it's like, it's sort of like um, fighting fire with fire, like mm-hmm. fighting, uh, fighting, fighting Bernaysian propaganda with uh, mm-hmm. Bernaysian propaganda <laughs> or, or with Freud anyway, with uh, fighting, fighting uh, symbols and fighting, fighting with symbols uh, where, mm-hmm. where if you, if you take a, an ascetic path, Mm-hmm. Uh, then you don't need any of that. I mean, then the yogic right. path is much more appropriate because what do you have left when it's just you? Well, you have your right. breathing. You have what position are you sitting in? What you know? Then then you right. get into the nitty gritty of it. But but yeah, right. Golden Dawn and that style I think is more custom made for the the city dwelling European or mm-hmm. or or maybe the westernized. You know, because uh, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of interest. I mean, I don't know if it's just a fashion thing. But mm. I noticed I noticed the uh, the sigillium as a shirt in Tokyo uh, when I yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah, that's and, interesting. Uh, things like the Last Supper, and I mean, of course, Christianity went around and made itself known. You know, so mm. it's not like it's new to anybody, uh, especially right. in like Korea or you know. But but it seems. What's like interesting a about of... Japan, though, it's like because Christianity mm. spread around the world. I don't know if you know this, but like when Christianity, but not Japan. First... yeah, not Japan. Oh, did you see they... the movie Silence? Oh no no no! Maybe I have. Oh, not. it's so no. good. Oh, it's called it's so Silent. Good. I think it's called Silent. Uh, okay. It's 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 Scorsese's most recent mm-hmm. uh, movie, and it's oh, sort okay. of a, si- a slow burner. I mean, it's not okay. like a big hit, but it's like this is an excellent movie. You know, um, I have to check and it it's out, about huh? it's about the Portuguese, the the original Ooh. Portuguese priests showing up in Japan. Interesting. That I didn't went. know that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to check this oh. out. But yeah, they they fucked them up. You know, they're like, we're not. Yeah. Uh, big yeah you're not allowed. Yeah. This we're not gonna spread this shit here. You know. Like, yeah. yeah. That was the same. The same day they arrived in Japan, they arrived here where I'm sitting, and they never left. So they they just right. sort of took over and uh, made this yeah. the main port. And then then they took over pieces of Africa, so they would have convenient places to stop on their way to Goa. You know, and that was the beginning of the colonization of Africa. I mean, it's sort of, maybe that's oversimplified, but sure, you know, it seems like that. Sure, sure, sure. Then you know, for me, as far as uh, as far as it goes, then coming to Korea and Korea, basically most of the Buddhism here is Zen. What would be called Zen, you know, because mm. what, what is Zen? It's really Chan from China with right. Sun in Korea, and actually Buddhism came to Japan through Korea as well. So mm-hmm. uh, through China, obviously, originally through India, right as well. So. Um, yeah, yeah. So you, you're picking up stuff along the Bodhidharma, way. Bodhidharma, yeah. Yeah, Bodhidharma, yeah, exactly. So uh, it is. It's cool. I've um, I, I got you know I get to do temple stays here, and um, I've got to interview some of the, like the Zen monks and stuff like that. And oh, that's great. Oh, and it, there are like what's cool about living here in like East Asia. There's beautiful temples in the mountains. You can you know mm. I can take a bus two hours, three hours away, and be like what you would consider like a movie, right? It's like unbelievable. Mm. You're like on a mountaintop, kind of like. Kind of like some of the footage I've seen in Bhutan as well. You know, you're on a mountain and it's totally yeah. remote. You're eating, you know, fresh vegetables and mm. doing vipassana and then chanting the heart at night. What's that? What's that? <laughs> People go, go to the temples and they leave candy. So yeah. I, I went up to this mountaintop and it right. was just cold and they let me meditate, you know, alone in the right. temple for like half an hour. Then afterward, right. we were like shivering and the monk that was the overseeing the place at the time mm-hmm. and my and, and the two guys that were with me and I just started pigging out on candy. Just... Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a lot of temple. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it's pretty good. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool. To, and, you know, in Korea, what's interesting too, it's like growing up, in America where it's like all these religions seem to be, it was always like, this is the right one. This is the right Christian. 
This is yeah. the right uh, sect yeah. of Christianity. In Korea, yeah. what's interesting, which I guess is probably like India to an extent, besides you know what you're talking about earlier, uh, here the religions all live. It's mostly Christians and Buddhists, basically, but they, mm. they're very. Um, uh, there's not much of like a animosity or anything like you see in America. They live side by side. Like they have Christmas here, but they also do Buddhist birthday, right? They're yeah. both national. They're both national holidays, and they're both respected. Mm. It's not like fuck you, you know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I mean, Korea is a pretty interesting place to live. A lot different than India because it's so modern, yeah. fastest internet in the world. You have some tech giants like Samsung and. Basically, um, I think every Kim is descended from an Indian uh, princess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that, an interesting yeah. story behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the uh, older kings, what was it, took on an Indian princess or something? Wasn't that the story? Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. about that. That's it. Most people don't know that. That's, that's a pretty uh, obscure <laughs> fact, right? And I, I heard that uh, the, the Korean delegation, when they go to India, they always pay homage at this, like, site in India. Mm. Very interesting. Almost Koreans barely even know about that. That's pretty interesting. Mm. That you know about that. You know? I think it's I, the the king's name was Kim. I think uh, all the Kims know it's because it, right. it's like you know something in there. I, there's I, also you know what's weird too. A lot of uh, the Hindi words in Korea has a lot of similar. You can go on YouTube. This is weird. It's kind of freaky. Go on YouTube mm. and put like Hindi. I think it's Hindi and uh, and Korean. Oh. And then there's like a bunch of words that are the same. It's a trip. Like huh. yeah, it's very they invented. Like, there was Korean was put together by. Was it one guy or like uh, uh, a, a group of people? Maybe I mean, I'm sure it? it's had a lot of influence and stuff like that from different, yeah, you know, through India, through China, through Mongol, uh, Mongolian, and things like this, right? But uh, In, as far uh, as the, the alphabet, though, the alphabet was hmm. put together by the king, actually, a king, right? Lord. So yeah, the actual the, there was a a guy named Bodhi Sena who came from South uh, India, mm -hmm. who uh, he ended up he was in China. And then he ended up in Japan and he had a big influence there, especially on their uh, alphabet, the one with the fewer characters, the one that doesn't look just like Chinese. Like hiragana, hiragana. And stuff like yeah. That. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But one of those was based on Sanskrit, apparently. And, um, um, and so, yeah, and I've noticed like uh, ik do teen char ichi ni san chi. Right. It's just like a little bit of, and I mean, getting back into, you know, the Indo proto Indo-European, it's just fascinating. Mm -hmm. Like there's a word here, we, that's with, yeah. That's the same as with and and uh, Raja Royal and oh, Yoga right. Union, and right. it's just so so many words that are just so similar to to mm. like uh, the older English words and some German words and Latin words even, and right. even I think their word for hundred is, but then I mean there there was also I think people imagine like one thing I always point out is that the 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 the, the Muslim based you know majority countries. Back mm -hmm. then, mm -hmm. the, uh, that was before Muhammad, so right. that wasn't a thing, you know. Like so, mm -hmm. so if there was a rough tribe or something, you know, in an area, you might have to deal with along the Silk Road. But other mm -hmm. than that, mm -hmm. people just sort of uh, traded and talked, and you right. know, gave each other stuff. And so, so you had, I mean, like obviously there was like uh, when you go far enough back, there was the Persian Persian period, then mm -hmm. Alexander. Uh, mm -hmm. And so then, then the guys that were were with Alexander, they took over the northwest of present day India. Mm -hmm. So there was like a period of I I forget how many years, thirty years, for forty years, where there was a, a Greco Indian kingdom that was right. Buddhist, 
and yeah, then that's they a were trip. that's very fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like pre-Christian. So right. so so people like, but it but people get shocked by the idea of you know like Car- was it Carlos Castaneda's India, Jesus in India? The idea that Jesus right. came anytime in India, people go, oh, well, that's absurd. Well, it's like look at a map. He right. was here. India was here. Right. Like people, the Romans were regularly going in boats back and forth. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like stone age it was you know like (laughs) there was like some number like 200 boats per year coming from uh from down the red sea from from egypt down into to india at that time there was a jewish neighborhood in kerala in uh in thomas's day so like there was a place for him to go when they say thomas came to india right people say that's absurd that's uh, couldn't have been no he came to the jewish (laughs) neighborhood Neighborhood and that's that's where he established his church that's where his church still is that's where they hail all the way back to him in fact when the portuguese came they didn't recognize it because they didn't know the language so among the hindu temples they were burning down they burnt down christian temples (laughs) too because they didn't they couldn't read the old dravidian language which said father son and holy spirit (laughs) yeah it's really trippy yeah so there's just so much i always have to point that out and language and you know yeah the world is a lot more connected than people think you know like and as in india as far as christianity like uh you know uh, western liberal reactionary progressive atheist types Mm -hmm. i I say that with love i'm not saying that from like some other side i'm Mm -hmm. i'm with you i'm i'm with i'm with y'all you know the the Mm -hmm. leftist atheists no i think they're they're great they're much better than the right-wing christians i'd say personally in my opinion (laughs) um so but they have a little bit of an extreme view where they they would look at goa and see just a sad example of western colonialism and but the but the thing is there's a rich and ancient beauty here mm-hmm. that is catholic yeah and it is portuguese influenced and it's also indian and it's the result of bloodshed like everywhere else in the world i mean go to normandy you know like in mm-hmm. france and it's like well you want to sit there and cry about the the, the the French that the Normans came and killed when they established this. Are you going to just look at the beautiful wall? <laughs> you know, like there's, there's beautiful walls here. There's there's right. so there's a fort and a, you know all kinds of stuff. But uh, right. but yeah, like what what I was saying is is Christianity didn't necessarily always spread by by mm-hmm. uh, by the the sword in the sense of uh, you know like Spanish conquistadors with their with the priest next to them it, it it that did happen here but that that but it, there was also an earlier period where mm-hmm. one of the 12 disciples came here specifically mm-hmm. it was his job to come here <laughs> so, right, right, so, right. so so india's history with religion and with christianity specifically is much older than um, i don't know that's just something i wanted to say just in yeah. case anybody's listening uh it's interesting just yeah. how much uh, religion <laughs> not only how many religions have sort of blossomed in india but then how even the western religions were thinking like christianity or islam right. like they have a huge presence. they're not even western they they had it in rome and rome was right. an empire so thus mm-hmm. catholicism but the, but that right. wasn't necessarily christianity like mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. it's like a, just like the swastika you know hitler mm-hmm. took the swastika from someone else you know yeah mm-hmm. okay they have one i guess in old norse but he took it from me it's a friend, know, it's a buddhist uh Ah. and a hindu and hindu hindu yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah very interesting 
yeah, um, and gave it a bad name and you know right it is weird to see like such a peaceful symbol just totally yeah into the... it's, it's actually very nice here because you know you see it around and i have a lakshmi shrine right over there with a swastika mm -hmm. and you know like no it's one... actually uh, everywhere here as well just because of the Buddhism. oh yeah you see oh, it that's everywhere true. yeah but it's like that's yeah, yeah. i remember when i first got here i was like wait a minute like i'm staring at the <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what everybody like when they first start seeing those symbols in Korea, you know, like swastikas. Yeah. Symbols like, and in India, in India yeah. they have those the yantra where you'll see like a six, you'll see a a, a Jewish star with a swastika with right. you know, and it's because those are two sacred <laughs> symbols that are related to each other in a specific way here. And it's like lucky. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like nothing right, weird. Right, right. Yeah, that's a trip. <laughs> it's neither Jewish nor German, you know. Right, 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 exactly, exactly. Things get <laughs> twisted later, you know. It's kind of funny, yeah. like, hey, they took that from us, man. Hey, don't, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing with that? So, hey, man, they appropriated our symbol. <laughs> like, that's not what it's supposed to mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, that, that, that is one other weird thing is if you go to any bookseller in uh, Delhi, just to, someone will be sitting there with a pile of books, and if they have more than twenty books, one of them will be Mein Kampf. That's a little odd. Oh, that is uh, like, interesting. Weird, huh? Yeah, I think because they just had a different view of all, everything that happened in World War II. I mean, like, mm. uh, I mean, I guess it's probably about as, I mean, it's not even as edgy as like a, a liberal Westerner having a picture of Mao. Maybe Che. It's like probably on the same level as Che, you know, for okay. them. It's like, if you get down and talk to somebody, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I've read Mein Kampf. I really like Hitler's political philosophy. Right. You know, they, it's similar to, to the Hindu nationalists. And it's like, yeah, but that's why it's not good, though. Right. <laughs> you know, like, um, missing <laughs> some other parts of the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty. Uh, I sat down with a guy, he was showing me his sketches he's like I, i'm an artist too i i draw you know and it's like but why are they all hitler <laughs> he's like i just i just really like his political philosophy i'm like this indian guy in pune it's like okay yeah i knew him because we, we were both at the same ayurvedic doctor he was getting an enema he's like uh, i watched him get an enema and then i looked at his drawings of hitler it, it, it was interesting <laughs> It's really an interesting place. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure because of Corona, uh, the COVID situation, you've been kind of stuck where you're at. But have you have you got a chance to travel around all the different, like a lot of different parts? Oh, yeah. Or you've been well, not all of them, but uh, I. Sorry about the dogs, by the way. I I, uh, I shifted here in 2018. Uh, and what, what ended up happening was my original plan was I was going to continue my Buddhist pilgrimage. Yeah. So there was Lumini in India, in, in Nepal, and uh -huh. then I had three places to visit in India. So I came to India and I got to Delhi and I was like, okay, I'm in Delhi. Yeah. First, I'll go to Bodh Gaya or Sarnath. And, uh -huh. uh, but while I'm here, uh, I'm going to write to my Facebook friend and see if she wants to have coffee. There she is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hello. She just came back from... Mm. Yeah, it, we're married now. So you can kind of see where the story's going. So, yeah. so, so yeah, so we had coffee. And uh, then after a few, after a couple weeks, um, I said, okay, I'm going to continue traveling. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was nice spending these two weeks with you here in Delhi. But mm -hmm. I came here to see India. So I'm going to see India. She was working six days a week. So mm -hmm. she couldn't travel much. 
And so I, I left and I left for two weeks. I went to Varanasi, I went to Saranath, I went to Pune mm -hmm. and I came back to Delhi. I said, I'm not going anywhere without you. That was torture. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. You know, it was like, we, we really came together, you know, wow, wow, wow. In, in the beginning. And I said, I can't, you know, and so she, so she started taking days off work so that we could travel together. But wow. we'd go for three days here, three days there. Mm -hmm. uh, so we went to Rishikesh that way. We went to Dharamshala that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, a couple of other places. We went down to Mysore mm -hmm. eventually. And then, you know, then after I worked some things out so she didn't have to work there anymore. And so, mm -hmm. uh, so I, you know, said, hey, because yeah, her boss was being kind of a mm -hmm. controlling uh, psycho. Right. And so I was, like, I was like, hey, why don't you just not go to work, you know? Right. And uh, so, so she didn't. And then, uh, so then we were able to travel more so we went down to Mysore and took yoga training we went to Thailand and, and um, then we were planning to keep going and then COVID hit so we, right. we 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 had a bit of traveling she she still hasn't been to the states okay. uh, but once once everything kind of goes back to normal then we'll start taking steps to you know nothing too dramatic just try to get her a tourist visa so we can go and um or maybe it's simple enough to do a spousal visa. But if we were if we were going to do the the three year, I think we'd have to stay in the U.S. for three years if she wanted to go for citizenship. Uh, okay. That's how that works. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but you know, if we do that, that'll be something for the future. But uh, right. Anyway, right. I don't know. I don't well, know if people are interested. An, you know, in that's an interesting. <laughs> yeah. Started started as like a Buddhist pilgrimage in India. Ended yeah. Up in India yeah. Married. I just read. I, I didn't want to go back. I wanted to come here and somehow find a way to stay forever. And in my mind, I was thinking I would either marry the, the pretty girl on Facebook or, uh, or become a monk. And uh, luckily, it turned out to be the, <laughs> the first one. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes, yeah, uh, sounds better to me. <laughs> Personally, yeah. Yeah, you can be a householder, not a uh, you know exactly. in the household yeah. householder yogi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I guess with uh, God, it must have been interesting living there during COVID and everything because it mm. wasn't it wreaking havoc. I remember. Uh, Remember, I was actually in a quarantine, so I had the news on, which I don't really watch yeah. the news that much. But mm. I just remember watching the news while I was in quarantine one time, and it was like five hundred thousand cases a day. The next day was like oh. six hundred thousand cases. Yeah, like it, yeah. it got really we bad. We were late. Long, right? We we were late bloomers. Yeah. There was a time when it was the right. U.S. You know, half of everybody has COVID, and then India. Right. What about India? Oh, we have five cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, the right. whole world kind of looked at each other. We're like, I think they're lying about their numbers. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, when it hit here, it hit hard. And uh, right. You know, then, uh, but it, but the numbers, the growth numbers were down. Like the number of new cases every day are down mm -hmm. from where they were. Right Which now, sounds yeah. like yeah, like that's still not great. That means, of course, we have thousands of new cases every day, but fewer right. thousands of new cases every day than it was right. when everybody was panicking at that time. Right, and, right, uh, right. I heard, I heard yeah. some of those places that got hit super hard. It would make sense that they would have a degree of herd immunity because it was just like wiping through certain region, like areas, right? Mm, like mm. Uh, if they're having, think about that. If you're having half a million cases a day at one time. And that's not even counting all the people that were asymptomatic and stuff. Like it's very feasible right. that millions of people in certain regions got it. And then they just, and when everything, yeah. when everything shut down, there were a lot of people living in the major cities that weren't from there that right. didn't 
like live there or if they did they were paying rent and uh working to pay that rent and uh so they all had to go back and a lot of them went, went by foot because they couldn't right. even go by train or by bus so they walked right. you know right. and uh and so it ended up spreading that way uh you know from the city to the villages and then back when then then they, when they reopened everybody migrated back to the cities and brought it back from the villages and so it was just like uh not very well thought out Wow. Um, I think at one point they were, they were, they operated, they were operating the trains to help people to get where they needed to go. But mm. yeah, a lot, a lot of migrant workers and here, migrant worker just means from, you know, a state over there coming to a major city to work. You know? mm, okay. Okay. Coming from like the countryside to a bigger yeah. city more. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's okay. not really something that happens in the U S you don't really have Alabama right. people going to work in California. Right. I mean, you do, but it's more of a permanent thing. It's like, I am going to upgrade my life situation, go to college, not be from Alabama anymore. Go to a big city or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So they call California them got, migrant we, workers. We got out in time. California got too expensive. I mean, it was oh yeah, scary. yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I would not. I would not want to live there now. Yeah, you know, not now. <laughs> yeah. Just with yeah. yeah, like we're talking, like yeah, just the oh my god, just the price of everything, and just the climate, like political climate, and the overall, yeah. the overall vibe. It's weird because um, plus the fires every year. Oh, the fires every year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. One thing I noticed. I mean, I don't know. I guess the last time you were there was three or four years ago, right? Is that right? Yeah, I was uh, 18, 2018. Oh, 2018. Okay. I don't yeah. know what I get last time I was the last couple of times. It's like, you feel like people are on edge and they're very, mm. it's like there's tension in the air and it's thick. Yeah. yeah. When was the last time you were there? That was right before COVID, I think, or right when it started. Oh, okay. Right when it started, yeah. but it wasn't really a Oh, thing. yeah. It was like that early was 20, right in the early 2020. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Things were so polarized. I mean, now they're polarized, but they're like, they're polarized with memes, but back right. then there were people marching in the streets. Like, oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It just feels and then like COVID a, hit, uh, and they didn't care. They kept marching in the streets. You know, right, like, right, everybody right. stay home. Well, we're gonna overthrow the government instead. You know, like what are you doing, Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just feels like a lot of civil unrest and just very yeah. pol polarized. And mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, we were having some some riots and protests here. Mm -hmm. about a variety of you know several different issues but then when the lockdown happened everybody went home it was <laughs> oh okay right. no more riots for today we gotta, uh, like, gotta <laughs> well, deal with priorities <laughs> right 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 oh, that's uh, interesting that's interesting and they're, they're uh they uh, vac uh vaccinated a lot there too there are a lot of vaccines. Yeah, there's uh, there's like two or three Indian vaccines, and then the uh, Russian one is available. And uh, to a limited degree, the American like you can get Pfizer if you're in a major city. Mm -hmm. um, but the, but then the thing that comes up there is sometimes they run out of Pfizer, so you mm -hmm. go you get your first shot, and you go back to get your second shot, and they run, it's a different oh, one. Actually, we don't have any. You know, like right, right, know. right. They so give you whatever they have, basically. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So we're, we're actually like staying pretty much quarantined here and holding out for the Pfizer, but it's, it, it right. hasn't gotten down here to Goa yet, but right. it's like, okay, well, this has an 81% chance. Uh, this has a 72% chance. Uh, that one has a 98% chance, but right. 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 
Oh, that's interesting. Uh, one thing yeah. I, I was checking out your stuff. One character that I'm interested. Mm. I was talking. About, I'm, I'm very fascinated with John D on the Western side. Yeah. One character I've been getting uh, very interested in these days is uh, he's like huge in Bhutan. His name is Jungpa Kunli, and he he's mm. the guy. I think that you did an interview with a monk, and he was he was sort of like the. Um, I think they call him like the father of uh, Bhutan or something like that. Oh, I mean, the great unifier. The, yeah, all the oh, see the guy with all the phallic. I'm talking about the guy with the phallic symbols. Everywhere. Oh, that guy, the the divine madman. They call him yeah, the madman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the book yeah. actually just came out called like the Mad Yogi. There's a new book out that just dropped like mm. a month ago on him. Mm. There's another one called the Divine Madman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and, so and there's guy, yeah, there's some there's some crossover like with present day problematic behavior. Like oh, really? If you imagine like Padma Sambhava, the you yeah. know the stories about him. If he was going on today then mm-hmm. people would probably accuse him of, you know, uh, being inappropriate, you know? Right. Um, and same with, same with uh, the, the divine madman, uh-huh. um, you know, like, uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a tough, I mean, I, I, before all the scandals, I don't know if you've been following in Shimbalaya, the, mm-hmm. uh, the American sort of the American, uh, there was, there was Lama, mm-hmm. oh, what's his name? The one that came over and hung out with Alan Watts and drank scotch and smoked cigarettes, Lama. Uh, oh, uh, my mind is blank. The guy who founded Togi- maybe Chimalaya. Togiam Trungpa, maybe. Is yeah, that- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he, you know, obviously, I mean, he had his issues, and then Shimbalaya was founded, and and uh, the 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 head that I think it was his son or whoever took over after him, um, you know, it ended up he was doing a lot of bad things uh yeah. and you know putting people in situations where they felt like they had to go along with you know what uh, he was yeah. asking for it but then That's but then good. in built into vajrayana is hey if you want to get enlightenment then you take an oath to your guru to do everything he says and if you don't like it then it's your fault and don't tell anyone because you're naughty. And that's like right. Vajrayana. And I mean, that's like some part of like the central core tenets of old Vajrayana. So, sure. so that of course, trying to, trying to mix that with the modern world is going to yeah. be problems, you know? So, so right. I don't know, but, but I, 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 I am a fan. I think today I'm less of a fan of the divine madman than I was a few right. years ago because of uh, considering all of these things. Right, um, right, right. The ripple. Effect, I like his perhaps. personality and he reminds yeah. me of people that I knew in this life that were uh-huh. funny and kind of like a little dirty, but not too much, but enlightened kind of, you know, like, so it's like, he's like the, the enlightened uh-huh. pervert and they don't, right, mind right. They, they like, <laughs> that's a good way time, to they go, yeah. oh, you know, pervert, oh, you know right. him, you know, like they don't, they right. don't take it as an insult. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what he was. Yeah, but his, his um, reputation as far as in Bhutan, it's like very, it's still very good, isn't it? Don't they like look up to him or, is, or do they see him through that? Like sort of a, like, well, like they, a sexual predator lens or no? Uh, they don't see it that way in right, right right um as far as i know um okay. it's 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 when it comes it, it 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 kind of like comes in contact with the you know the sort of predatory guru ridden west sure. that dresses up as east you know the the orientalized you know the orientalization of the the, mm-hmm. the white cult leader in the, in right. the you know saying i'm a vajrayana teacher and uh, this is what the gurus do. So this is what I'm going to do. And if you don't like it, blah, blah, blah. That, then it's like, it's, it's like particularly dark when it gets into right. like the, those, those areas. And, but, but I, I mean, 
But he himself, I mean, from what I understand, he I like his mantra. You know, his mantra. The, no, the, no, no. He he was famous for one of the, one of the things he's famous for was someone came to that I forget his name. Mm-hmm. I forgive me all of Bhutan. I'm going to call him the divine. <laughs> um, someone went to him and said, "How can I attain enlightenment in one lifetime?" And mm-hmm. and he said, "I'll give you a mantra, and if you stick to it, you will attain enlightenment within this lifetime." And he said, "Great, what is it?" And it was it's in Bhutani. It's like common mm-hmm. vernacular, not like a special, you know. But the the words are, if I recall correctly, I take refuge mm-hmm. in an old man's chastened penis, withered at the root something like that. I take refuge in an old woman's flaccid vagina, impenetrable sponge-like. And then I take refuge in a, in the young tiger's, you know, uh, erect penis, you know, right. uh, it, it, indifferent to death. I take refuge in the quivering orgasms of the young maiden's lotus. And so that was his mantra that he was I've supposed heard this to say before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. Uh, uh. And then, so everybody thought he was like a pervert. His family was ashamed <laughs> of him. They kept him in a room where nobody could hear him chanting, and they, right. they wouldn't take him to the public uh, things. And then, then one day, they they heard a uh, some kind of sound, and they went to his room, and it was empty, and there was a rainbow. And they looked out the window and saw that he was floating away to Nirvana, and he was turning around and saying, "See you, prudes. I'm I'm going to Nirvana. You stay here with your hangups." <laughs> and so, so that's his version of Vajrayana Buddhism. It's like concentrated the naughty parts of Vajrayana Buddhism, like right. what Westerners think of as Tantra when they hear the word Tantra. That's right. what it's all point. about. <laughs> so, right, right, right. so he, yeah, he he put the 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 focus, and then supposedly, if you wanted to to see him, that you had to bring wine and a beautiful woman, otherwise he wouldn't see you. Right, um, a bottle of wine and a beautiful woman. Yeah, that was the, both. Uh, yeah. So his temple is like filled with wine bottles from all the people that came to see him. Over wow. The years. And you, 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 did you go to that temple? Did you get a chance? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a trip, man. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty cool. But man. yeah, his whole thing was yeah. So they they paint the penis on every building. There's like the 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 four like the the white something rather the the lion the mountain lion the tiger, the dragon, I think, and then uh, some kind of bird or the Garuda, uh, the king of the birds, and then the penis. And and that's painted on like most homes, businesses, buildings of any kind, you know, temples and so on and so forth all over Bhutan. That's that's very unique to Bhutan. I think even before the Chinese occupation, you wouldn't have found that in Tibet. So that was, that was something definitely unique to that region. For better or worse, or yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I mean, it's the only place where you see, like, I mean, like with veins and everything, like not even like an abstract thing. Here in India, right. there's the, the Shiva Lingam, which right, you, right. you go and pour milk on, and and the old ladies putting milk on, and then you go hee hee. But like in Bhutan, they like like a full detailed, like you know, <laughs> right, right on right. the house, you know, and then the the, the young woman underneath, like the. It's right. interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. but everybody giggles about it. That's the thing is they, they know it's funny. They, it's like, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to like make you not take yourself seriously or like right. it's supposed to, but I think people can, it's, I mean, it's so, it's such an abstract thing to have painted on the side of a wall that a, a person could kind of go anywhere with it, I guess, and say, well, the, because my erection is sacred, that's why you must worship it. Or they can, right. you know, like think it's funny and giggle, you know, right. so yeah, very some people do one some people do the other you know right 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 what's well, unfortunate i mean uh i did pick up uh through ebook that divine madman i haven't read it yet but i'm mm, just kind of mm. skimming through it but 
yeah, if you look at it, it's like, what kind of effect did he have? It sounds very interesting. It sounds almost like lighthearted and fun. But then yeah. there's also the darker side of like you were saying, like, you know, forcing people to follow your sexual will and yeah. things along these lines, right? There's the disturbing yeah. side and the inter- yeah, the more lighthearted. Well, and there's also text and not from Bhutan, but from Tibet. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing about this secondhand, by the way. Um, so I, I'm quoting, I think... Uh, Matthew uh, Remsky, who's uh, one of the, uh, on the Conspirituality podcast, he talked about this. So I'm not, this isn't direct knowledge. This is my repeating of what he said, is that there's particular scriptures where it explains how to convince young women, young women, um, with honey, like to, to get them with honey, to put it on their lips, to like get them into kissing and to start talking to them about this and that, to get them to play the role of, mm-hmm. uh, of uh, you know, the, the one who devours herself uh, mm-hmm. to like train, train the young women to, so that by the time they're 16, they can, and it's, it's like, oh shit, okay. So some of those, some of the Maoist propaganda was true, it turns out. <laughs> like, because the, wow. they had, they, they had those paintings of the, the monks with all the w- women with their breasts hanging out and they were living in luxury as mm-hmm. like that was, but they all looked Chinese, but that was their, they were showing people this is why we need to take over Tibet is because these are the people in charge in Tibet. And it's like, you know, as an American uh, that likes uh, John Travolta or whatever, or which one was it, Richard Gere, you know, like that likes the Dalai Lama. I go, well, this is offensive. But then I start to hear stuff like that. And it's like, oh, they didn't just make it up. You know, there was like a kernel of truth in it, you know, like, sure, yeah. like you, you, you know, any of that stuff is, is, is based on something. There's a grudge somewhere. There's an injustice somewhere, but then it gets blown out of proportion and, and made as an excuse for genocide or something. You know, yeah. Like Right. So both Hitler and Mao, uh, right. you know, and their grudges, you know, you guys have too much money, you know, in, in my country. So we're going to kill all of you and take your money back. Okay, that's mm-hmm. fucked. And then you uh, do sexual things with young women mm-hmm. and in the name of religion. That's fucked. So we're going to take over your whole country and kill everybody. That's also fucked. <laughs> that's also right, fucked. right, right, right. Well, oh, I mean, it's a, it's a sad part of the past. I mean, well, now, too, obviously, with power, you have Hollywood and the Me Too. Yeah. And then you have, I mean, it's just not religion, right? You have religion, you have it in uh, pop it's the culture. thing, yeah, it's, it's the human. Power, when people have power. Look at, I mean, look yeah. at China. The, the emperor had like thousands of concubines and stuff. And mm, you look at yeah. it right now, I mean, North Korea, right across the border, literally right. a two hour drive away, Kim has a sexual army, sexual slave army. Oh, of, uh, oh he, he picks them out in, in high school. I mean, it's mm. not like it's only happening. It's happening now too, you know. Yeah, it's not just in the past. It's not just in the past. That's what I'm trying to say. I, oh, I think it's more and, of a uh, where where there's Andy power has nuclear and weapons. corruption. And is nuclear yeah. weapon. Yeah, oh, exactly. a bad combination. If he didn't have that, I'm sure he wouldn't be there anymore. I mean, by now the Americans would have gone in and screwed right. everything up. <laughs> right. No, right. I, funny, I think like South Korea's, about- America's mm-hmm. one success story is South Korea, though. <laughs> yeah, really. It's just weird living here and then just the contrast between the two countries, right? Like, oh, you just God, look at like the, they, uh, at nighttime, they show like Korea is just this huge, you know, any, any Korean street, you go outside, it's like Las Vegas because there's lights everywhere and it's shiny. It's like Japan, basically, the same thing. Yeah. And everything's shiny mm-hmm. and bright. And, you know, then you look at North Korea is just like nothing desolate. There's like mm. only lights in Pyongyang and that one street where they live. It's yeah, like, where the tourists go, the where the bus, the yeah, bus route, yeah. where the cardboard cutouts of smiling right. people. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> just weird that there's a character like there's this Kim guy just sitting over there, right? And apparently, what he does, and he's is, the third one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right, then right. without irony, to say in the name of workers' 
right and then the name <laughs> of power to the people right. i am right. going to take over the government right. and it says here that i should uh do that in order to give it over to you guys but instead of that i'm going mm -hmm. to establish a dynasty and we're going right, to go right, backwards right. <laughs> well they do and they also do use like the appeal to religion too right like he's like a cult mm. figure they they worship him basically yeah. like He's from the gods, yeah. basically, like a god. They get rid of the other religions because they compete yeah. with the with that religion, right? Yeah. With our exactly our belief, and um, which was apparently he flies in. But what's funny is he hates America and everything. Like mm -hmm. you know, there's no animosity towards America, but apparently he flies in McDonald's in from Beijing because they can't have McDonald's <laughs> in North Korea. So he'll get Big Mac meals delivered from China. He'll uh, apparently his favorite thing to watch is the NBA, which is like the most American. Oh, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like he likes drinking American alcohol, watching American TV, and eating uh -huh. American McDonald's. <laughs> which there was that guy, the guy with the hair in the NBA that that went and hung out with his dad. Oh, uh, uh, Dennis Rodman. 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 Yeah, yeah. Rodman. yeah. Uh -huh. oh, yeah. And then they made uh, the interview basically based on him, based on that. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. The movie, the interview. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. It's just interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, the world's yeah. an interesting place. I always, oh, you know, it's, sure. it's fun traveling, talking to people who travel a lot and stuff. It's like, yeah, it really just changes you so much just going to different countries yeah. and seeing how uh, yeah. people think and people live and, you know, um, just different ways of living, different philosophies. I feel like that's like the most, one of the most important things. I think you got to get out there. You got to travel. You know, I think so. Yeah. Really, you yeah. know that, uh, you, do you know uh, the band, uh, Gogo Bordello. Uh, what's that? Gogo Bordello. Oh, not uh, sure. One, there, there's a song I recommend listening uh, to uh, Wanderlust King mm -hmm. uh, by Gogo Bordello. There's a, oh, there's okay. a music video. And it's like when I first started traveling, I, mm -hmm. it was like my, my anthem, you know, and okay. I would show it to other people who were also traveling and it would become their anthem. You know, it, it was like uh, such yeah. a very, yeah, go, go, go. You know, uh, okay. like Pumps talking you about. Yeah, it starts off, uh, you know, he's saying that there was a time when you weren't considered a man unless you had, you know, gone to the other side of the hills, crossed the seven seas. and uh, But now people stay like scarecrows in their hometown and travel through their screens, you know. Mm. And wow, that's about, interesting. Oh, I like that. Put the like screen that. down and get out there. And he's like, I'm never going to stop. I'm a wanderlust king. Oh, like, I like yeah, that. Go. Yeah, go. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> no, I'm that. getting like chills just relating about it <laughs> uh, yeah. and i think i mean feasibly travel will be opened within the you know countries are opening europe's oh, opening yeah. up people are going to be wanting it people are going to be like, yeah. like a champagne bottle with a cork oh, you yeah. know shaken up They'll i think early probably like um even travel is already starting like my mom just went to iceland for a month and traveled around a lot of countries are open mm. if you have a vaccine or if you have like a negative right. pcr test right um, yeah. Some countries are just fully opening, but I think next spring, next summer is probably going to be nuts. Because like that's when mm -hmm. most countries will probably be open. It'll, you know, so I'll have yeah. to pick your brain by next. You know, I love travel. Oh, I sure. travel yeah. a few countries around the world, but definitely Nepal and Bhutan. Oh they, yeah, we, we both love Korea too. We're, we're oh yeah, anytime there. you come too, man. Yeah, and hey, and you, with you in Goa too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. That'd sure. be great. Yeah. It's always, it's always a pleasure to, you know, host people from other places and show them your, you know, yeah, your, your yeah. hood. It's like your new hometown or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, here's a challenge. Here's a challenge. Is there a way that we can tie Squid Game into something occult or hermetic related so that it wouldn't be off topic for either of our podcasts? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that is Red and blue. Red and blue. Huh? Uh, well, and Squid Game, you had that sort of weird... Um, 
almost like the, where the Golden Dawn has those masks, like the weird, That's like, true. you know, the headdresses and all that yeah, stuff like yeah. that, right? And, the, sort of the, and then there's like, there's like a hierarchy of the guys, right? Like oh, the, well, the games are like the grades, the neophyte grades. <laughs> there you the, go, yeah, yeah. The red light, green light. <laughs> right, 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 They're the ordeals you have to pass or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're the one guy at the top who's the new chief adept. <laughs> you know what's you know interesting? Did, did you watch that in, um, in uh, with English dubbing or do you guys watch it in subtitles? I watched with subtitles. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. of course, I, I mean, I'm fluent in Korean, so I could understand mm. everything they're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. I, but uh, I, I was recently watching something and it had like a clip of Squid Games, but it was in English and it just feels yeah. weird. Like, I heard the that nuance. You miss so much yeah. nuance about it. And yeah. I, I think philosophically, I became a sub subtitle person, especially after was, is his name Bong Joon Ho? Oh, Bong Joon-ho, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. when he, he gave a speech, I think, at the Emmys or the Oscar, I don't know, where he was talking yeah. about the little, uh, you know, I forget his exact words, but that kind of solidified something that I had already been feeling, which is, it kind of, I mean, it's an extension of, you know, here I'll, here I, now, now I'll step into my liberal white uh, California mm-hmm. shoes and, and mm-hmm. be a total hypocrite. But, but yeah, no, the, the, uh, the default human for in according to the media has been the heterosexual white male mm. oh and uh and uh and it's it's been people think very narrowly and in order to in order to be able to consume something from another place besides mm. uk or canada or, or america or or uh or australia they have to uh you know, have it dubbed and it has to be good yeah. dubbing. They have to have good actors do the dubbing. And it's like, come on, just read, just read subtitles, just learn another language. You know, it's like, do you, right. I mean, are you, is it still the sun never sets on the British empire? Like, are you pro 17th century, you know, like, <laughs> I, exactly. <laughs> like just take over the whole world. So everybody can speak one language and I, they'll give me fish and chips properly wherever mm-hmm. I go in the world. Like, exactly. like, is that you, you know, like, no. So yeah, I, I, I but then I'm also another role of hypocrite where I haven't, I've been here three years and I haven't learned Hindi. So you know. <laughs> mm, maybe that's your next, <laughs> she, uh, she speaks English very well. So your next challenge, huh? Yeah. Gotta yeah. dive into the Hindi. I did. Uh, I did uh, get the Rosetta Stone thing. I just need to spend my half an hour a day. And yeah, really, just half an hour a day. That's what I always recommend people. Like people are new to Korea and they're trying to learn the language. I'm like, if you dedicate 30 minutes a day to really focus study, where it's like these are the expressions that I use on a daily basis. These are words. Yeah. That, you know, there's only so many words that you use daily, right? Or in typical mm. conversations, That's all you have true, to do is yeah. distill those down, those expressions, and put in 30 minutes a day. In a year, you you should be. Not, not necessarily fluent, but conversational. And then right, the more yeah. you go along, you just keep building off of that. And eventually mm-hmm. fluency comes, right? But yeah, I mean, learning yeah. another language, for me- It's an ongoing it. process. She just learned right. douchebag yesterday. <laughs> we, were watching, yeah. <laughs> we, we were watching, what were we watching? We were watching uh, Fifty Shades Darker. And, right. uh, and, and so someone calls someone a douchebag. And I, and I just heard her say, she just repeated douchebag. 
Right. <laughs> so after after yeah. the movie was over, I went in and I said, "So, um, right. yeah, <laughs> that's explained funny. like the layers and how to lead up to like okay, exactly when and where you should call someone a douchebag." And she was saying, "Oh, right. uh, my my female friend is a bit obnoxious, so I think she's a douchebag." I'm like, "No, <laughs> you have to be you have to be minimum thirty year old male and drive a Corvette and be the sort of guy that would drive you to like a bar and then leave without." telling you you know <laughs> you have to fend for yourself that's a douchebag that's know? funny like, <laughs> exactly in that. most cases you can be a younger douchebag if you're right. a 15 year old you can call another 15 year old a douchebag but generally speaking right. we're talking about older males you know right and, yeah exactly <laughs> oh, funny. yeah what's what's cool about learning language too is like it gives you a whole different view because when you start thinking in the language that you're learning yeah, language is inherently embedded with culture and religion and other worldviews and histories and things like that, right? And so, like yeah. when I talk in Korean and I'm seeing the world in Korean, it's totally different than when you switch to English, you know. Mm. Because, for example, Korea has like honorifics embedded in it. There's, you know, mm. levels of politeness. English has that to a right. very small degree, a little bit. Yeah, in Korean yeah. you have, you know, uh, it's like humbling yourself. It's grant literally you conjugate the verb to talk more humbly, mm. or you know, uh, more. Uh, casually you know it's 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 a much yeah. different way of viewing the world and um and just the emotional range of expressions in korean is a lot it's weird because since i've been fluent in korean for so long there's certain things i want to say in english they just don't have it like they don't have that emotion it would be like yeah degree of anger or like you know what i mean it's like there's different right subtleties yeah. that you just don't even really where have they i've yeah. heard about similar things mm -hmm. in japan where mm -hmm. yeah like having a natural american anger response to a situation not turning out the way you want will mm -hmm. make them view you as like a crazy person or right. like, you know, like an unstable angry right. man you know like right as opposed to just having a normal reaction you know like from our point of right. view like what right. seems like a normal reaction yeah exactly exactly but, it, but yeah in india it's a little different because there's sort of a a lot of expression, a lot of, you know, sure. you're like anger can kind of come and go in a conversation, you know, people get right, passionate right, right. And, and like, uh, you know, get riled up. And then as long as it doesn't go too far and it comes back down, then nobody's throwing fists, you know, like right, <laughs> in some right. cases, you know, if you get it, right. if there's alcohol involved, especially, you know, right. <laughs> and it's different there because English is like an official language it is you know yeah it's not like it's, it's kind of the lingua franca there are places right. where they don't speak hindi but they speak english right. yeah right 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 exactly exactly so you and uh pretty much any city or big town you go to you're gonna at least english should be passable is that right pretty much yeah for the most part mm -hmm. um like if if uh if i want to buy vegetables from someone selling vegetables on the side of the road it'll help if i can speak some hindi but if i go to the bank there's mm -hmm. probably at least one employee that they can find that speaks pretty good english and uh and and that's usually by age sometimes they'll if you go to what they call here an uncle store which is sort of like i guess before the uh, grocery stores that we're used to like they they had these stores where there'd be one guy standing at Oh, sorry. I just hit the mic. Yeah. One guy standing, standing at the table and you come up and you tell him what you need and he goes and grabs it for you and comes mm -hmm. up. 
So, so sometimes those places they'll have their kids and the grandkids or niece and nephew working there. And so more often than not, if I went and there was a whole family there, they'd have to bring out the seven-year-old. <laughs> so oh. like, oh, someone's speaking English, bring, bring out. <laughs> and they'd be there with their, with their, their, their smartphone. And they say, hmm, what do you need? Okay. That'll be two, <laughs> you know, 235 rupees. Okay. Here's your change. And then the, the grandpa has no idea what just happened with what they were talking about. So that's wow, wow. <laughs> Yeah. It's interesting. That's a trip. That's a trip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely hope, you know. And then there's debate about whether that's a good thing or not. Um, you know, like, mm. like, for example, in order to advance, in order for an Indian person to advance it in Indian company mm-hmm. that not knowing English can be a barrier. And so, so there's like philosophical, you know, debates about whether that is good or comparing, comparing to other countries that don't do it that way, like China or, sure. you know, where there's no requirement to learn English. But then on, on the other hand, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't talk too much on the other hand because of my own skin tone, but, you know, like speak, speaking pro Indians learning English, I don't know if I should take that position, you know, it could be sure. taken out of context, but I can see, I can see both points of view, you know. Oh yeah. yeah like take, sure. taking advantage of, because a lot of people do speak French. A lot of people do speak English. Yes. It's because of terrible history. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, practically speaking, if you want to trade with people here or there, it helps to know one of these languages, you know, like if it's right. an international business, if it's not an international business, then that's kind of a different thing. Unless it's a tourist thing. If, it, sure. you know, if you're going to be hired to be the, the face of a hotel speaking to right. tourists, want to know some English, maybe even some German and Russian. So, right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. As it's pros and cons. I see, I see both, both sides of that, you know, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I got to get that Hindi lessons going, huh? Hey, you have, you have somebody else Hindi, too, so. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> India never went through a colonizer phase. India never decided it wanted to take over the world and milk resources out of everybody else. And so so that's that alone is the reason why it's not like more of a, of a, of a competitive force, you know, with the big the big few but i think gdp wise it's up there in the top three like uh it yeah, goes yeah, yeah. like china yeah. japan and then germany US and, america yeah. and, and india are all kind of like right in there just sort of moving around who's number one england isn't even on the list you know i mean right. so that's kind of fun irony like that's to, interesting that's, right? yeah. that's always nice to tell tell indian people like you know uh, india's gdp is higher than britain <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, really yeah when when britain was a big deal is because they had india <laughs> right <laughs> That's where right, wealth right. comes from <laughs> right 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 no for sure for sure yeah very interesting stuff yeah. um i, I i'm at to call it soon because it's getting late here like it's, oh, past, yeah, yeah. it's past midnight on this end but uh yeah it was very interesting what should we what should we close with oh let's see um maybe uh oh tell uh, me about the meaning of the name of your podcast Oh, okay. <laughs> That's an issue. Praxis behind the obscure, because I'm very interested, like I mentioned, growing up and being exposed to all these uh, sort of esoteric things, right, with masonry and, you know, different forms, esoteric Buddhism and, um, you know, different forms of yoga and things like this, right? So I, I, I called it Praxis behind the obscure because I'm interested in sort of the obscure, the hidden practices that people are the esoteric sides of what people are doing rather than, yeah. you know, the public image of, you know, there's like esoteric Christianity or esoteric Buddhism and right. you know, things like that. So just trying to get to like the roots of what people are, what kind of practices people do, why, what effect do they have on them? You know? Yeah. That kind of thing, you know, pretty much. We should, along. we should do this again sometime, maybe not yeah. tomorrow, obviously, but in a month or two, 
and, yeah. uh, and talk about some of those things. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I, 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 this was good to like, mm-hmm. to meet and kind of like get, to share the, mm-hmm. but we kind of didn't go too much under the surface, uh, but we'll do that. I think we should do that. Yeah, we I, could do a, uh, like we didn't, mm-hmm. a follow-up. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, we could do a part two, part two. That'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Cause these were a lot of external things and ideas and, and uh, if one can infer our inner processes by our point of view about these external things, mm-hmm. but uh, it'd be interesting to really dive in. And, and yeah, cause you mentioned, I think the Western, um, what was the word you used? The Western has a uh, emanation. Uh, emanationism, right, right, right. Yeah. Non-duality and emanation. Right, non-duality, emanationism, and then there's right. panentheism. Yeah, and, exactly, uh, exactly. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. like, yeah, like where, how do we feel about these things and where are we at with them and mm-hmm. how, how did they evolve over time? And, sure, and, those uh, sort of periods, it's kind of like, like language. Existential kind of. Yeah, things. existential questions, right? We're talking about language yeah. sort of. Um, uh, puts an overview it gives you a certain perception of how you see the world but also if you're seeing yeah. things, you know if you're seeing things as uh emanationist or dualist or if you're seeing things as sort of empty you know shunyata like in buddhism right right Non-duality, yeah. or even yeah. in hinduism like vedanta or advaita i think it's called right? advaita advaita or vedanta i believe is also um like shunyata is uh oh oh in Veda- uh, yeah 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 there's a similar concept, but there's this famous debate between a Brahmin and uh, mm-hmm. Buddha where they, the, the Brahmin was basically saying that it's, it's all oneself. And the Buddhist was saying there is no self. And right. And, right, they, right. and the, in the Hindu version of the telling of that, uh, you know, the Brahmin wins because they go, well, I get that if you don't exist, then I guess you have nothing to say. Then uh, <laughs> in the argument, you know, some smug, stupid thing, but, uh, but in the Buddhist, in the Buddhist telling of it, then uh, Buddha was focusing more on the caste system and a few of the right. other things that the Hindus left out in their telling of that story. But <laughs> right. Exactly. saying uh, oh you're a brahmin does that mean that your father was a brahmin or does that mean that you actually practice this and this and this and this right uh, looks looks to me like it's just the outfit you're wearing you know that was kind of he was he was a he was a counterculture you know he was a hero i don't know i like him the more i learn about him the more i like him you know (laughs) in india currently the uh i mean because like it's weird because i'm in korea which is very mm. far from India, technically, right? Yeah. But there's like mm. a way higher percentage of Buddhists here than in India, right? It's, yeah. It's still like well, that was low. the Muggles. Yeah. yeah right. They, right. Right. Because mm-hmm. in those days, the 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 Buddhists were all organized according to you know the, in monasteries and mm-hmm. mostly Mahayana at that time, and, mm-hmm. and Vajrayana was just getting steam in two cities, and uh, right. and then had been kind of stolen, like snuck out and brought mm-hmm. to Tibet. Right. And then someone, and then further to China, and then Kukai brought it further to Japan, mm-hmm. and and now it's Shingon in Japan. But then right. the Mughals just burned everything, and like there's a lot of Mahayana scriptures that we don't have original Sanskrit or original Pali of, and sure. uh, so so it's any it's always a guessing game mm-hmm. with the uh, the Chinese Mahayana, you know, right. that was written around seven and eight hundreds. Is was mm-hmm. this indian or not you know right. because there was so so much buddhism in china that they were writing new mahayana scriptures mm-hmm. and then sometimes they would have someone translated into sanskrit and then like find out after the fact mm-hmm. that like this was written in sanskrit but it was written in china after the chinese version was written <laughs> like right. oh! <laughs> someone trying to add authenticity to the thing that their grandpa wrote or something you know right so right. it's it's such an interesting 
oh, it, it's for me, it's like if somebody's searching for truth, I imagine it would be frustrating and that they would eventually just leave it all behind. But <laughs> if someone is has the arrogance of, of you know that that I do of feeling that I already kind of have like a a grasp of truth i wouldn't be able to explain it but uh you know i kind of feel like i have it and it's okay mm -hmm. you know like like it's fine you know like i don't need to explain it like <laughs> right. but but it allows me to, to it allows me to surf and dive into this egregore and enjoy it and then and then come out of it and wash myself off and dive into this one and enjoy it and that flexibility and, and not um... yeah. Right. And then triangulate and, and see, oh, well, this element was here and here. Is mm -hmm. that because of a human common ancestor or is that because it's actually universal truth? You know, and those are mm -hmm. those are just fun questions. I, those I, are super. I, yeah, those are great questions. Exactly. Yeah. But as from someone seeking truth, I'd say meditate and, you know, just right. meditate. You know, I mean, like like real truth, like real because it's it's the world is right there in front of us it's just we can't see it because our head is so full of a bunch of partial truths that are all bumping into each other and making it seem like they're all lies you know right. and uh, but if but if you can let those all fizzle out like yoga yeah i don't remember the sanskrit but the first uh, line or second line of the yoga sutras yoga is the ending of the of the the disturbances in the mind or the ending right, of the modifications right. of the mind and when you right. when your mind can be still mm -hmm. and then and if you have that control to make it so there's not these involuntary thoughts popping up and memories and mm -hmm. that is the mastery that is the yoga and then of course all the all the poses and everything else is secondary and came thousands of years later actually i mean right. sure they were doing poses apparently based on the statues but they never mentioned them in the scriptures you know? right 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 no, definitely. I think pa Patanjali said sit comfortably. Like I don't, I don't even think he said said anything about Padmasana. Mm, maybe not until later. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not yeah, that yeah. clear about that. But yeah, well now yeah, now yoga is around 1500s. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, now now yoga is the mat and the uh, the pose. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Patabi Joyce said that he got it from a guy who got it from Tibet. And that he started teaching this militaristic style that now became has become the basis of every yoga class in. Uh, yeah, in I've heard that before. I've actually heard that before. I yeah. don't know. If that's, I don't know if that's true, but yeah. Yeah, supposedly. But his his teacher though was he had his teacher taught a few other people who started a couple of other lineages, I think. But mm. they're not nearly as big as Ashtanga. And then, uh, and then, of course, uh, Iyengar was a student, I think. Um, but it was his nephew, I think, or it was something. There was some relationship there. But anyway, um, yeah, well, I think we should do this okay. again for sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. We can do a we can uh, round two later on for, for sure. For we'll figure time. it out, you know? Yeah. If anybody has any any requests for us, just post in the comments below or, or write to us, depending on where you're, where you're seeing this or hearing this. So Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank All right, you thanks. very much for for the simulcast yeah that was a and, lot of fun and definitely looking forward yeah. to the uh, next one for sure yeah for sure you got a lot of culture you get a lot of travel you get a lot of um you know like yeah. you said the external side next time we'll maybe go a little more uh, yeah we'll dive dive a little bit into the deeper stuff yeah yeah exactly no cool. that'd be great that'd be fun yeah that's okay good. all right that's cool all right take it easy okay all right. you too yeah. Yeah. Good, good night good night